0: Listening to the Legendary Wrestling Obsession podcast with your hosts, Corey Draper and
1: Jeff Hughes. But a busters didn't know what happened to them there. My word, Anderson can't believe that he's beside himself with anger. And Tully
2: Blanchard is beside himself almost unconscious. Good down home cheating. Good down, good down home cheating, sure.
3: Welcome to another week of the Legendary Wrestling Obsession podcast. I'm Corey Draper here with Jeff Hughes. It's true, and it
2: is frosty, frozen, frigid, just like a proper Winnipeg winter ought to be. Not that we're happy about it, but we are somewhat... No, (laughs) no. However, a sense of calm has also envelop the city because we were all getting a little nervous at this, uh, you know, slushy weather when we were, when we were, we were used <laughs> to like frozen, like, cause you know, we're, we're over 50. So yeah, yeah. we remember 50 below. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> I mean, when the, when you add up the wind chills, we get these temperatures that are absolutely, they're definitely lethal and, yeah. uh, you know, oh, you're yeah. going to lose body parts and, yeah. uh, you know, we don't mess around up here. <laughs> 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 Minnesota, you guys will know what it's like. And, and I mean, anywhere, any similar parallel will, yeah understand except for the west coast won't get it right the way that you know anyway that's just just to keep you a little bit up to date with the roads really slippery today
3: like i I drove and like wow skating rink oh my goodness it's funny i uh i keep i keep an eye on the down you know the downloads and listens and where they where they are in the world and it's neat when new new countries or new new places pop up and one thing i saw was a big uptick in the last two weeks of like listens from mexico but i started started thinking about it i'm like Maybe it was just people on vacation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe we got some, uh, you know, American-Canadian whatever fans that are, like, just down in Mexico for vacation as opposed to, you know new Mexican fans I would mean, love new Mexican fans but or maybe fans from New Mexico that's the state <laughs> of I think, course yes as <laughs> well that's not what I meant but yeah. yes
2: but uh, well I've got you know since you bring it up something about the masked wrestler gives me thoughts about Mexico and yeah. I've always enjoyed that because now you're into some of the comic book nerd fantasy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like Spider-Man like you know yeah. I remember there was a guy who dressed like Spider-Man yeah, Arachnid yeah. or something yeah Arachnid Arachnid <laughs> Yes. So, you know, Vern Gagne was not the uh, bring comic books into wrestling, but Vince McMahon brought the comic books into yeah, wrestling.
3: That was a WCW guy, but yeah, that was... Um,
2: Still, you know my point. We, we talk yeah. about like the uh, Olympic sport a- aspect of certain promoters. Yeah. And then the, uh, you know, kid-friendly costume characters and such of other areas. Yep. Brad Armstrong, that was a Man. Right. Okay. So the mask is a nice midway. Where you have the fun and the mystery, the pageantry, the theatrics of like hidden identity, yeah, but and it's time honored. So Vern could allow a masked wrestler and some of that silliness and you know some just another aspect, the theatrics that are beyond simply you know like athletic grace and skill and and the drama of sports, but uh, so hats off to me- sombreros off <laughs> to Mexico and the magic that they bring with, with mask wrestlers. And also the masks look cool,
3: right? You yeah. Know, yeah. Sequins Definitely, or skulls or, <laughs> you
2: know, so I guess, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I Kind of wish we'd got more of that in the AWA, but to be honest, I didn't really get a lot of AWA compared to Corey. Do you remember any masked wrestlers? Well, there's
3: the Destroyers uh, which in the were, AWA. When yeah, were for young? sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and as we talked about in Star Cage, I did Super, not remember Super this. Destroyer made a little appearance, uh, but uh, the Destroyers, which would not be Billie. That's like more like one of those would have been Sergeant Slaughter, and the other one I don't remember who he was. But I mean, there was different guys. We even looked up the name of one of them. We didn't recognize them. We were like, "Who's that again?" There you go. Because Lord Alfred Hayes was involved with managing them and, I think uh-huh. Keenan was, and wow, So those cool. are the first ones I can think of. Uh, Mister e- or Doctor X, so like in the AWA for a long time, there was like like way before I was watching. I think this is like a '60s wrestler, like Doctor X. Yeah, he was, was on like the card
2: with the cigarette burns and the jacket. <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. that story? But the Winnipeg, yeah, audit yeah, lawyer, that's right. Yep, my, Jim Friesen, beloved family friend. He he mentioned a Mister or Doctor X. Doctor X, yeah, on the card. Right, with Whipper Billy Watson, sure, and yeah, the old man who burnt cigarette holes, <laughs> <in> <laughs> pissed the, off at the kids in front of him, yeah, cheeky <laughs>
3: bastards, you lousy. And I'm sure that I'm sure there was other ones. I just they're not popping into my head at the moment. But, Fair uh, enough. You know there was certainly no shortage of mask wrestlers and Mil wrestling.
2: Mascara's was in the magazines, and so he yeah. seemed
3: to be top dog of Mexico from yeah. our magazine days. Yeah, and whatever whatever federations he would pop into because he wrestled in a lot of the different territories and yeah, he was definitely famous, even though more from for us for magazines and still images, photos, as opposed to watching actual matches. Here we are, it's the other side of WrestleMania three, and we're getting ready finally to
2: it's here Saturday night's main event. Well, we dragged that out, didn't we? I yes, think. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. So, The Frank Tunney Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament's in the rearview mirror. The not thought of Ken Batera, you know, flashback is in the rearview mirror. We're here. I think we also had
2: some great American
3: bashes, didn't oh, we? Oh, well, that or, too? And, yes, and yes. Texas. <laughs> that's
2: right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did everything we could. To, Aaron Claw. <laughs> that's right. Everything we could to not get to this day. That's right. You know, maybe the biggest day of wrestling, really, in history Hogan versus Andre.
3: Yeah. In this Saturday Night's Event, it feels to me as a kid remembering back to this show. It was kind of like the beginning of this progression of wrestling and wrestling getting bigger and more produced. And I was couldn't be any more excited than I ever was in '87. But when we really look back at it, I think this show for me represents in a way a changing from like where I was like couldn't get any more excited about wrestling and couldn't love it anymore to always hoping to get to that level you know there's great things that happen in 88 and 89 and all this stuff but it feels like i'm waiting you know it it feels like it's not the same you know as we progress and move towards the 90s the 80s wrestling is you know disappearing from us it's slipping away and and as much as like i'm getting more and more access to wrestling and i'm getting older and appreciating different things about it as as a teenager I just never quite, I don't know if I ever, if I ever peaked, I was like, it was almost like my love of wrestling. Oh, grew, oh, grew wrestling, you know, in a way like it was, I, you know, when you overhype up a movie and then you go see it, it's can't live up to the hype kind of thing.
2: Well, where is Captain Ahab if he does not have the whale Moby Dick to pursue? Like, you know, <laughs> one, careful if you get what you want, you know, the greatest day in wrestling. You that's know, right, yeah. And like never, you know, everybody watching the whole world, yes. you know, on our turf. That's right. All and of a sudden, our thing is cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feeling pretty special. I would still, you know, it, it is an interesting psychological aspect to like the best thing ever happening because it was great. And uh, I mean, of course, that's a debatable. But for us, you know, at that age, yes, you know, we're never going to be impressionable 15 or 14 or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we weren't 15 yet. <laughs> um, the point being that uh, we see things differently now, and in certain ways, we were Marx. In other ways, we were old pros. And yeah, I know what you mean. There's a, a certain bitterness to achieving your goals, and there's the whole philosophical dilemma of uh, now what?
3: Right. And you know, one thing, I, and I never really thought of it this way. However,
2: mm. most of my best wrestling memories are after this.
3: Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say there isn't a bunch of great stuff coming. I'm not. I'm not it, saying that at all. It just
2: never takes the world stage again like this.
3: Yeah, and even when it does, it doesn't mean it the same thing to me you know yeah. so like
2: I mean having said that there's going to be people people pulling
3: their hair out like
2: ooh all, the all in these guys are idiots and you know I yeah. guess we are because we didn't even yeah, yeah, watch yeah, yeah.
3: all in well I, yeah I, I mean I watched we talked some about of it, it afterwards and stuff like that and yeah like I mean and by certain metrics you know WWE's yes. more successful now than it's ever been but I, I don't just look at the dollars they generate like you know yeah. these private sold shows in Saudi Arabia or whatever they're doing them in it's like I don't really care about that like they can't produce a show that generates the same kind of emotion and interest, you know. They they say that basically when WCW closed down, and you look at the metrics of TV, like there's approximately around two million people fans that stopped watching wrestling and never came back. Like I mean, it just you yeah. mean, right after Ric Flair yeah. and
2: Sting, Yep. Flair in the shirt,
3: yeah. There was like, you know, Georgia and N- JCP, WCW diehards that as bad as WCW got, they were still holding on. <laughs> but when WCW closes doors, they didn't just, you know, some of them obviously did, but a lot of people didn't switch over to WWF and the new wow. landscape of everything. They just went away.
2: It's like the end of NASCAR. Yeah, or something where like it, that just went away for these people. Who are like, we'll do something else. We won't that's watch right. wrestling. Yeah, wow, they that's... just
3: moved. They just moved on. Wow. And you know, when, when companies like AEW start up or different things happen, they hope to recapture some of those people. They're like, well, maybe those people will come off the bench. Well,
2: you know? I uh, right, and they never did. Not uh, to I'll, that degree. At the side of my, I, I mean, you told me more about the uh, would be competition to the WWE over yeah. the years. I had, I, you know, if I was channel flipping, I might see the six sided ring and yeah. wonder what's going on. Yeah. Or my buddy Lou would show me a match, but you know, and it might come from whatever was going on. Like Yeah,
3: and he really appreciated the sort of the indies that popped up and Ring of Honor and all that stuff. And he was really deep into that even when I was still I can remember still being somewhat excited about WWF or at least trying to be. And he didn't really care about that at all. He cared about, you know, that smaller stuff that was more real wrestling and like and I can appreciate that, but I was still I think I was at the time where I was like, well if they're that good they'd <laughs> they'd be on the real TV, you know like I see.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, occasionally I did turn past Ring of Honor on the TV after Lou had introduced yeah. us to it and, and thought, wow, for, if not for different timing. Yes, you know exactly. imagine, imagine this, you know, in 1987 and I'm- Yeah, Or, or 85,
3: Exactly. So there's so much stuff like ECW, like that's, I was not an ECW fan per se. I was aware of certain things about it. Um, I can appreciate it. I, you know, it, it's- got its whole own life and everything and it kind of created a spin-off the negative side of ECW is it sort of like changed the way fans were interacting with the, the product and that to this day I, I I think that's for the worse and it's you know it hasn't helped but all that being said just like you just mentioned a second ago if ECW had popped up on TV in 1987, like I'm sure I would have been all over it, like because I would watch any wrestling I could find in 1987, 88. I was just yeah. you know just anything. Like <laughs> I would have watched, I right. would have, and, I, and I'm sure I would have been pulled into it and sucked into it. And then yeah, then there would be that nostalgia factor, right? I could look back at it and be like, oh, this is so awesome. But to take in that product after the fact. Having only sort of you know knowing big picture details, yeah, it doesn't hit the same way, and it basically it's that style of wrestling that just doesn't doesn't do it for me.
2: Right. So it's after WrestleMania three, and in some ways, the uh, um, this peak will never be achieved, you know, in our view. That's and, right. And yet, you know, uh, my favorite stuff. Has yet to come because I'm, I'm, the world may not be watching as Vince claims in, in the <laughs> following years. <laughs> That's the slogan for four, I That's think. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But we are watching. That's right, <laughs> yeah. Legendary Wrestling Obsession. And we will continue to watch for, you know, at least another three years. We'll be taking it all in.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I hung on pretty hard till like, you know, late in 92, 93. Then my watching petered down a little bit. I was still watching, but I wasn't re-watching. I was only like just sort of taking it in once and done. Yeah, and maybe And then I by was... 95, it really, you know became difficult to keep up at all, like, you know, between 95 and 98-ish. I missed part of the Attitude Era. Like, yeah. I missed some of the best wrestling because I was like, I, you know, had just, I'd gone through 20-whatever years of it, and it just wasn't, you know, other things were happening in my life, <laughs> and uh, other than sitting, sitting home watching wrestling. So, yep. if only a DVR had existed during those years, I might have had a better you know, first-hand experience.
2: Yeah, well, you handled the VCR like I handled a fucking pressure cooker. Like, I don't even... <laughs> wait. It's just no, a deep-fried combination. Like, just stay away from it. Don't touch it. I I was... You had much more tenacity at collecting wrestling. Oh, yeah, I but was. I mean, there was... So, I wish that I had, uh, you know, a tenth of your determination to collect wrestling videos at that age. But anyway, I <laughs> I liked what I got to see.
3: That's right. Okay, so this Saturday's main event is really unique because it's the first one that does not, on television, feature a match with Hulk Hogan.
2: Yeah, that, and of course we have to add the caveat that the, or I'll go on rather to describe the uh, caveat. There is a, we presume, main event on on the card. At the venue, but the announcers don't make one reference to no, it. No, they
3: don't acknowledge it at all. No.
2: And the wild thing is, is that Hercules wrestles twice tonight. Yeah, that's right.
3: He's busy. He's in he's the he's in Lumberjack Matches. Yeah. <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere.
2: And uh, I'll just say, this is a great Saturday night's main event. Yeah, no, and this, really is, uh, this is really one of the is This is one of my favorite ones for awesome.
3: sure. And, you know, obviously because the, the Bulldogs wrestle in it. So that's, yeah, uh, you Bulldog know. joy. I was, yeah. Just
2: when you thought you couldn't get any Bulldog love. That's right. We're going to have a good time with the Bulldogs tonight. That's
3: right. So before we get into the broadcast, before we get into like what we got to see on TV all those many years ago, um, yeah, we do want to kind of look at, you know, this dark match this hidden main event this strange occurrence like and I talked about it last episode or two episodes ago the idea that like when I first read like main event and I read that tag team match I, I had to convince myself like I'd like have I like lost part of my memory am I like I, how, how could I have like how could I not remember seeing that tag match a hundred times and because I've watched that card a hundred times and it's like because me, it wasn't on the air
2: me too I thought to myself wow that match must have really sucked because I forgot it <laughs> yeah I don't have one memory like what a boring double disqualification, you know, brawl, three
3: minutes, yeah. fart away. Now, I wish there was way to see it. I wish I could have found a file for us, for our purposes here, you know, now. But I'm going to say that I'm glad that as a kid I didn't see that match because – Andre was too special at the time. He was, he, you know, to see Andre wrestle again that quickly after WrestleMania three, it would have like kind of burst the the bubble a little bit because I'm going to look back and like, I don't, I haven't looked at it, so I don't know, but I'm going to just say off the top of my head, it's like, there's WrestleMania three, Andre's going to appear in some interviews and stuff, but then there's like Survivor Series. Then there's the contract signing. Then there's the, you know, the main event, you know, the Hogan Andre primetime special. Then there's WrestleMania Four, like those. That's all, you know, as far as I can, you know, my memories of wrestling. That's all he ever wrestled. <laughs> you know, you, we don't look at things like house shows, and we, you know, I'm sure there's all these other matches he was probably in, right? And we'll we'll find out as we move along. Yeah,
2: and that I mean, and that of course, you know, that is. What about tag team champion? not the yeah. tag team? Because he, you know, yeah. they they uh, they let him exit gracefully with uh, oh you yeah, know, yeah. With, with the tag run.
3: His his, his and his, more singles yeah. runs by by eighty eight. Hit the specialty. They started showing him more, right? So there's like you know there's there's the Summer Slams. There's yeah. his yep. match yep. against Savage. You know his war- feud against Warrior. I started seeing lots of Andre matches. But this this little period here where he comes back from being a good guy becomes Hogan's foil. This year year and a half period he They were really careful. Like he was an attraction, and you do not put that attraction every week in the ring,
2: correct. He goes to uh, second top car you know like his, yeah. he's not in the main event anymore after this you know not right, when he's, he's tagging yeah, yeah, yeah. and not when he's you know feuding with warrior or jake i mean he'll be main he might be re- main eventing house shows with yeah, warrior sure, sure yeah absolutely and uh jake yeah you know because uh, don't tell jake he didn't main event That's right you motherfucker listen to me. <laughs> 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 so and so i won't say that it, but i mean to say that the uh warrior but andre you know it, when he's in the tag yeah that angle is not main event
3: no no and the tag team's the tag team title unfortunately never really was in the wwf it never was given that 100 percent. it never got to the point where you felt like hey this is the actual main event like of with other people with those other wrestlers there too you know yeah well just you know yeah the main event tonight well because
2: they had three and sometimes four cards a night you know the whole roster split up you know across the country so, but if you know if there's one TV show, then Andre, you know, it, 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 once he's done being Hogan's foil, yeah, then you know he's like second to last, you know, and he's not, you know, the 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 attraction. So quite as you put it, he isn't the attraction. So maybe okay, good point that you, you for you to say that uh, you're glad he's not there. But what we will do for you, folks, <laughs> we are going to use our imagination, our creative powers to call a match between. Andre the Giant, teamed up with Hercules versus Ken Patera and Hulk Hogan. We are going to have a sit down, drag him out. What's going to happen? <laughs> we're going to we're gonna become bookers tonight. I'm going to be calling, baby, you're going to take the big splash, baby. You know, you <laughs> got to put him over. I'll be Virgil. No, I, I, maybe not in character, but uh, just for fun, we're going to imagine that it was up to us to tell the talent what to do in the ring yeah, exactly. with that main event. So we know that... Uh, in a, as Corey mentioned what we know is that Hogan and Patera defeated Andre and Hercules but we don't know how and we don't know what happened before that so we're gonna make it up that's right <laughs> as our extra main event. <laughs> So as this is the main event of the live card that these fans got to watch, for our fans we're uh, and we love you. Write us a letter, please. We're gonna put this at the back of the show, so we'll cover the whole Saturday Night's main event, and then it's it'll be a bonus. Our version of Patera and Hogan versus Andre
3: and Hercules. So uh, we're saving that for a That's juicy right. finish. And speaking of that, it's time to get to the show. Hit those NBC chimes. So, the show itself is
2: very Macho Man heavy.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm taking over, getting ready for that face turn, the merchandise, the lunch boxes, the t shirts, everything
2: going up. This will be Macho Man's last appearance as a heel on and- national TV. Yeah. On national TV, until he turns heel again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but before that, we're going to have, I mean, all of this is leading to my favoritist moment in wrestling, uh, but that's still, I think, three years down the road. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll get there. Be patient. God willing, we'll get there. The whole show starts with a recap of Macho Man versus George the Animal's Steal. Um I cannot claim to be too enthusiastic for uh, this match. I mean, I just uh, we've covered it a lot, but we're going to remain on the sunny side, the the bright side, and uh, it it happened. So we're covering it. So yeah, the difference,
3: I, th- I think, I think that because it's a lumberjack match, it, that makes it fun. Like that's you know, if they just literally got in the ring as a one on one, yeah, it I, it's it, it would have felt way too much of a repeat. Well, the, for me, the
2: problem is this: like
3: now that we've been
2: going back and looking uh, at all the people that Savage wrestled on his way to the IC belt and with the IC belt. And now after the IC belt, I would have rather seen different matchups instead of three George, the animal steel matches. Cause they're all basically half matches. Once he starts eating turnbuckles, we got to see very little of the Jake versus Savage. Like look how exciting Jake versus Savage was. And we got three Jake versus steel matches when we could have had like Four a, if you can't WrestleMania two, Exactly, so I just, you know, I mean, there's my official submission as to why I protest another Savage and Steel match, but I mean, hey, I was moaning about it the last time we had a Savage and Steel match, so it is what it is, and uh, sure, it's a Lumberjack match, and that does help, but I would have easily traded at least one of these three for a Savage versus Orndorff, which was a dream match that we watched and uncovered, we didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
3: um, specifically the last, the, the one in between. So there's the, okay, WrestleMania two was WrestleMania two. I'd love to have that to have been a different match, but whatever. The one where Steamboat comes back from his injury. Um, you know, that one kind of needs to be there. This lumberjack one I'm kind of fine with, cause it ends the feud and it's kind of fun. It's the one in the middle, like the, uh, the, the umpire chair, for, yeah. you know, that one was like, that didn't need to be steel. That could have been anybody. Jim Brunzel,
2: He can yeah. give us a good that's show. Right, with Savage, yeah, that's right? right? You know, give us a fucking 4-minute scorcher and uh, like I did watch that match and I loved it. It's great yeah, fun. Exactly. Even if even if our man, you know, jobbed for Savage, you know, like that's okay. Um Savage I mean Savage is a very Man he's willing to lose for the storyline, I've said before, so his ego doesn't really seem to be out of whack. He's the yeah. the best out there at like putting on a good show and taking a clean pin. I mean, Brunzel took a clean pin in that match, and I don't mind, and Savage takes a clean pin lots of times because it's for the the overall good of the story. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, he's uh, complaining about uh there's the you know, there's footage of Macho man uh, of George making off with Elizabeth the one time the kidnapped her, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're uh, laying out what's happening. So it's it's Macho Man who's explaining the lumberjack match too. He's like giving out the rules right in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, he's like the toughest man in the world's room ring. Yep, we're spared any thoughts, or comments, long staring into space from George Steele. <laughs> None of him. Um, but, uh, we get a, uh, you know, we get a good look at the, um, rest of the card as we usually do in the opening.
3: So yeah, they, the whole opening is this weird set of like this, like fireworks going off in the background. And then the wrestlers are sort of in these inset boxes in front of them and the WWE network, they dug deep to find the shittiest music they could find <laughs> to like, lay over this. I wasn't able through my digging to find out what it was and I'm not talking about yeah, in a motion song. I'm talking about like the music that plays during the the promos themselves. So we're just going to assume it was the good music. Yeah, <laughs> the one that we heard behind Jake that yeah, one time like it made like, it sound so yeah.
2: serious, like really driving synthesizer kind of percussive stuff. So let's see. After Macho Man and the Lumberjack matches the Steamboat. Yeah, he comes on and does a, uh, for him, it's a good promo.
3: Yeah, for him, yeah. He's going to he's gonna melt Hercules
2: chains. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually get to hear from
3: Hercules. That's right. He's too busy wrestling all night. He doesn't have time for an interview. That's right. And also, it's a rematch of his WrestleMania 2. Actually, Hercules you know what? Hercules versus Steamboat. Sorry, go ahead. This is a rematch of the WrestleMania 2 match between Hercules and Steamboat. Oh, that's cool. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. That's right. Um, now it comes back to me. I believe
2: they now cut to the next wrestler. Our first look at Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who's not even wrestling tonight. <laughs>
3: That's right. And gonna...
2: he makes a pledge to do what Hulk Hogan couldn't. He's going to stop Nikolai Volkov from singing that Russian national anthem. You <laughs> think you're going to <he'll> do that? No, that ain't. If that commie thinks he's going to. That's right. Hogan made the same pledge and he That's couldn't right. make it stick. That's right. But uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is gonna two by four. He's going to crack the Liberty Bell and he <laughs> cracks his two by four in <laughs> half too. Right. And he smacks <laughs> it on the on <laughs> the concrete, and uh, so that was
3: interesting. They're giving him a, a Big push. Push, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely and the Hart Foundation they get the you know of the tag match they get the side of the interview so we got to hear their laughing and squealing they're,
2: they're sandwiched in there because there's four of them <laughs> yes, so right. like you know Danny's clutching Jimmy's coat and they're all kind of you know <laughs> hugging like it's uh, minus 30 in the studio <laughs> yeah and, and that's right and I, I like Nighthard's laugh is pretty funny there I got a giggle That's
3: was he's
2: always had a good villain laugh Yeah, Nighthard.
3: And then we uh, get a great look at Bobby Heenan with a neck brace with yeah. Andre. And Andre's
2: got a funny look on his face. <laughs> yep, he does. And uh, we are promised comments from. Yeah, and, we, not... and, the, and, the pr- and the
3: proof is in the pudding. They got footage yeah, to prove that's right. that Andre's the champ.
2: Yeah, so at this point, we're at home pretty excited to see footage of WrestleMania 3 because I don't think I had seen anything.
3: Yeah, you know, you know jumping the gun here a little bit. But when we do see things in this era, it was so neat think about this, the access, the limited access we had, we had to wait a long time for the video to come out and what they did on TV, they didn't just, you know, come out. This isn't like Monday Night Raw the day after the pay-per-view where they, A, they, you know, usually would actually have the the main event wrestle again. (laughs) They'd literally have like, you know, Randy Orton, John Cena would wrestle again the next night, you know, you know, they'd do that. Same thing. Yeah. And they would show you everything. All we got of Hogan Andre, we got the footage of them staring nose to nose and the push and a couple of punches or something, but otherwise it was like still photos. Yeah. You know, the slam heard around the world was yep. just like this one brief image, you know, you just, that's all you got. It was great. You know, and it just made you want to see it so bad. Yep. Whereas now, oh, I would just go on the internet and I would look up the video. Yeah. And, you know, I would just see it and, yeah. and the the scarcity, the, the the work you had to do to get, to see the thing is what made it so important.
2: Yeah, like our letter articulated, the poor guy who waited and waited. Yeah, much like Corey, waited and waited for the WrestleMania three tape. That's right. That's and where he, up. <laughs> That's where young Corey is right now. And our our letter writer from uh, was he from Toronto? Jeff from Toronto. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we are going to get some Sheiky, baby. That's the good news about uh, Duggan, and he, that means that Volkov That's right. and Sheik so, will yeah, be. Yeah,
3: I had I had speculated pre WrestleMania three. I was like, "Ooh, this might be you know Sheik's last appearance on Chinese main event," but I was wrong. It's here tonight. This would be his last appearance as far as a as the Iron Sheik before he's gonna you know get caught in a certain car with with, <laughs> with Dug- Dug- Duggan, Duggan. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh,
2: so I can't say we're happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Duggan, look what you did to our Sheik. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Otherwise, I've got nothing against Duggan. I yeah, like no, Duggan. Yeah, no, I like Duggan or, or, just fine, and I, yeah.
3: I thought he was pretty cool, like uh, the magazines in Mid-South and my my UWF exposure, you know, he was still there when I started watching UWF, so that was like, he was, you know, he was an ass kicker. You know, he became this sort of silly cartoon cross-eyed character here in the WWF, but the guy that. preceded that the the basis for the character was like this big mean tough guy
2: (laughs) absolutely promo wise we don't get to hear from jake in the opening and i don't think we get to hear from kamala either uh or fuji is fuji i don't think no
3: hogan's the last one they hogan closes us out that he's there for his comments and, uh, you know. Right. Prove, okay. Prove it. Prove it. Th- and then we get into the real where we get to see the images. And that's where we get to see, you know, pretty much. A, a bunch and, of and WrestleMania like, 3. Like you said, yeah, a lot of WrestleMania 3 images. Um, some of the
2: classic stuff.
3: Yeah, exactly. And some of the stuff that's been in there before. And you know, they make sure they show us everybody. We, you know, we get Can-Am connection. We get and Volkov. We get you know, anybody who's on this card <laughs> is going to make, you know, is, gets a little gets a little crack at a picture. Uh, and then, yeah, they're going to bring us into the, the university stadium and Jesse Self- looking pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's absolutely ridiculous. He's got a silver tinsel wig on and a bright red feather boa. And a sleeveless top with you know the fringes beaded you know yeah. like Macho Man would do that with his shirt sometimes too. So he and and his uh, pretty common red and white sunglasses for Jesse as well. Yeah, and yeah, they're in South Bend, Indiana, on the university campus. Yeah, I have been to Indiana actually myself, not South Bend. I went to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh-huh. just for no particular reason to have a little uh, adventure in America. There you go. And then I was passing this this the Cars are lined up outside this place called Chick Fil A, but like Chick Fil A, yeah, yeah. It took me a while. I was like, I am reading it, so I am like Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A, <laughs> and I am like, it's a big letter A. Maybe it's Chick Fil Chick Fil Chick Fil A. <laughs> 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 Nobody, but apparently, it's a big thing. I didn't uh, didn't dare brave that lineup.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. I don't I don't know if there are any in Canada. There certainly aren't any in Winnipeg. So they bring us to footage from earlier in the day. So we talked about this last week. The Ken Patera debate with Bobby Heenan and the reason that Bobby Heenan's sporting a neck brace, which is awesome because, like, I can picture almost all the managers wearing neck braces, you know? Like, I could picture J.J. Dillon or Jim Cornette wearing a neck brace. I could picture Harvey Wimpleman slash Downtown Bruno was his other name when he was in Memphis. You know, it's like a classic thing of, like, these heel managers <laughs> and then wearing their, like we're ambulance chasers you know they're looking for lawsuits and <laughs> love it so Bobby can wear a neck brace with the best of them and wince and show how much pain he's in and we see all that footage we already talked about last week of Mr. Matera B special be- beating him up and my grade six teacher
2: described the bit so well to yes. the whole class after he saw it the morning after he watched the uh, AWA wrestlers that's in right the, the
3: belt around the neck and the whip and the yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, he painted such a and he man, it was just great watching him relive it and smiling and like just he was going, wow, it was so great that everybody's cheering and he painted a perfect picture, Mister Mister B, Mike Bolianus
3: <laughs> So that's that's the setup here, and we're gonna be opening. It's kind of interesting the the choice here, the order of the matches, because our opening match, which in some ways is listed as the main event, is gonna be Jake the Snake Roberts versus Kamala. So the camera takes us back to backstage. Mean Gene is with this eclectic group of heels so we're, we got a close-up of kamala he's got his usually bewildered look on his face he doesn't know what's going on and as we pan out we see his handler kimchi's there and his new manager mr fuji who's sporting some face makeup himself pretty neat so mean gene asked mr fuji why this why this match when you know he's afraid of the snake and mr fuji's pretty funny because he's like fuji born year of the serpent uh, actually, born you're the dog. <laughs> but, ah, you, the but, lying, but, devious but, Mr. Project. But who's counting? <laughs> but you but what that? kind of dog?
2: Is it a water dog? No, no, it's a good or question. Or a stone dog? <laughs> uh, I didn't look, yeah. I didn't look that far into it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I even, we didn't even check out our elements. That's <laughs> we right. <had> fact check. <laughs> we are fact checkers on holiday.
3: Yeah. Mr. Fuji says he understands the snake. I can help Kamala. I will help Kamala. And then he does this really weird thing with his hand. He goes. <laughs> like up and down with his hand yeah, like I don't yeah, know like a yeah. wave or something well or... no
2: he's miming a snake he's pretending so, his, yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> his hand is the snake okay. oh, miming a wave Corey what's the matter with you
3: well, get your head on I don't know, he, really you look
2: like I don't know. He, he said I am the snake and he's doing with a wavy <laughs> with the snake what do you think he's waving he's like I am mean, the Queen Elizabeth <laughs> no he's doing, doing. it and he's weird. hissing <laughs> you don't know what he's doing <laughs> inexcusable what kind of an announcer are you a disgrace to the profession
0: you can't recognize a mime snake from a man who tells you it's the
2: Anyway <laughs> <laughs> There i uh, a lot a good A good beat down
3: on Cory Draper That's right yeah How dare you So from there we jump to the uh, in, in the arena We got the great Kamala music At the entrance The, oh, the so mask this, I think he's got his spear His shield He's got it all They're all coming out No wizard alas Yeah the wizard's gone no hor- At this point so No horn of Kamala <laughs> That's right
2: <laughs> No it's Sorry Kamala Shaka, Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan Horn of Shaka Khan <laughs>
3: That's right <laughs> So at this point, is talking about how, you know, what a rough time it's been for Jake. And we get the flashback to the snake pit with the honky tonk guitar bash. And we jump backstage with Gene, and he's with Jake the snake. And he's got that great hand trembling going on. I don't know if you remember the one made oh, sure, of Oh, sure, of course. Yes, said it is. He's holding a vibrator. <laughs> X rated
2: commentary on a Saturday night. That's right. That's all I could think of as like Gene was doing his yeah. vibrator stick. <laughs> the women banging on my door at four in the morning. I finally had to like, get up and let
3: him out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's interesting because Gene, Gene's with the heels and he's basically like, why would you take this match when such and such? And then he's with Jake. Why would you take this match? <laughs> right. Like, he says to him, I can't, I can't help but think you must have had your brain scrambled. <laughs> and and why well, would you want God, to take this match? Yeah, A little too close to the bone yeah, exactly, there. Exactly. A little too know? close to
2: reality. Because uh, they say that this injury
3: led to some of the tough times for Jake, you know, and yeah, the pain, injuries and stuff, yeah. And Jake tells him maybe because Damien wants to. What would Damien want with Kamala? And that's where Jake takes Damien and just rams him in Mean Gene's face. Pretty well, it's, much. it's a big spin. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, he yeah. whips
2: him around from yeah, right exactly. to left. Right and into so, his face. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, he's a – but Gene's going to have rougher treatment yet to exactly. come. Exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting night for Gene. <laughs> so that asks, you know, why don't you ask him? you know, jeans just completely flustered and scared and Jake heads off. And so we come out, we get the first Chiron's of the night, basically. So we got Kamala's is this weird sort of cartoon drawing of his own, you know, face with this big nose ring that I don't think he actually has. <laughs> but they add that in to the Kamala. Yeah. And then Jake's getting the one we've seen before where the, the J and the S and Jake the snake is made out of these, you know, connected serpents. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. uh, pretty cool. Jake's coming out, still no music. So he's he's big baby face, but he hasn't, you know, they still, have, this is an era where there's a lot of the wrestlers do not have music, even though they rely on it so heavily for certain wrestlers, but they just ignore it for other people. And I guess maybe that makes it more special for the people that do have the music, but we know it's yeah. not going to be long, a couple more years, and it's like, everyone's going to have music, but... Yep. But for now, they don't. So Jake gets close to the ring, and he just slides Damien right in. And it's pretty hilarious. McMahon's really funny. He sees Kamala. Kamala does this, like, high jump. He he jumps straight up in the air, and then he runs out of the ring. And McMahon compares him to Carl Lewis, the American, you know, sprinter, high jump, athlete, long jump, whatever else. And that's pretty funny. So we got uh, Joey Morelos helping Jake to put the snake back in the bag. And this is where we see Kamala come in, and he sneaks along the ropes very
2: slowly. Well, apparently Jake's got to tie the uh, a triple, double, yes. quadruple sailor bowie knot. I don't know what he's doing, but like That's he's right. got to make sure that Damien's not getting out of there on his own. So That's it's, right. Yeah, he's about thirty seconds tying it up. Exactly. I'm like, Can yeah, you just really, leaves it? Him,
3: really leaves him vulnerable to yeah. uh, this big attack. So of course Kamala's in from behind with a big overhead chop. Jake is right away on on the downside after scaring Kamala. Now he's going to face the wrath of Kamala. So yeah, big overhead chops. And there's a whip to the ropes and Kamala's famous reverse thrust kick, which always looked pretty good for, you know, a big guy like that. He wasn't super high, but it's still pretty neat. And that stuns Roberts. Yeah, well,
2: it's not like he's uh, doing sweet chin music. Well, no, no, <laughs> It's no. more like sweet belly button music. That's
3: right. Sweet, sweet belly. <laughs> sweet belly kicking music. That's right. So Kamala follows Jake into the corner, but this is where Jake uses like the leverage. His arms are up on the top rope. So he lifts himself up into the air. Mule kicks Kamala, stuns the big man. Jake comes comes out of the corner fighting he's got right hands going and Kamal just got the best way of selling he gets, it's the tippy toes you know he's always like he, he's he's staring at the sky stunned and he's up on his tippy toes looking like he's going to teeter backwards at any moment but he never does <laughs> he's yeah. like that drunk guy that won't fall down or something like yeah, that yeah you're you know? waiting for it you're waiting for <laughs> yeah, it yeah, that's right so Kimchi's up on the apron for the distraction but Jake is focused he's not going to be distracted by anybody he's staying laser focused so he le- he leaves the handler up to the referee and he stays, he bounces off the ropes to attack Kamala, but this is where he eats like this big throat thrust. So it's kind of funny, the one time the guy's not dumb, <laughs> he doesn't turn his back on the wrestler, and he still gets hit. <laughs> no reward for being smart. What's going on? Yeah, well, Kamala's got these uh, quick reactions. That's right. He's, he's, he's very he's fast. more athletic
2: than people know. He's so big, and he's fast and agile. Yeah. I mean, the guy oh, really yeah. is a marble. Yeah, he can do lots of cool things. Plus, you know, let's just say it. This is one of the best actors in the business. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him crack. No. Nope. You know what I mean? He's always playing this guy from a different country, a different culture. Yeah. Just because he looks like it, but I mean, like this is- Yeah, I
3: wonder if there's any of those outtakes with Mean Gene backstage with him being interviewed where Kamala, you know, maybe breaks character or something or-
2: well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, well, yeah, I told you have you, told me about Yeah, like yeah, yeah. no. no you, that, that sounds... Because yeah, yeah. he's like, what is this shit, skipping promos <laughs> in Minneapolis? Like Gene busts his balls because yeah, he yeah, just yeah. didn't show up for a day's yeah. work. And then Kamala <laughs> goes...
0: I was doing the funky,
2: funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he wanted to stay in bed with his girlfriend. That's right. And probably got fined for a day's, you know. Maybe he called in sick. And anyway, it was, yeah, so yeah, indeed it happened. Yeah. What, didn't we cover all this? We, was big we, we big did sugar. talk about
3: it. As soon as I said it, I remembered what yeah, you were talking about. Yeah, what about, yeah.
2: no, no, wait, JYD was Big Sugar. Or, or what, was, what were JYD's earlier names?
3: Oh, he had a few. He had uh, Ritter, Big Daddy Ritter. That was his uh, Stampede name. Okay. And I'm trying, I'm try, Junkyard Dog was the main one, but he had about four or five names that I looked up, and I'm forgetting them all at the so moment. So I'm forgetting
2: but. Kamala's earlier aliases.
3: Yeah, he had something brown. It was like sweet something. Yeah. Well, that
2: okay. Maybe that's why I said sugar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but he took this gig, you know, he did played it so well.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he, and, he, and he carried it to all these different territory. You know, he was he came up with it before the WWF, so he was able to use it in all these different places. You know, he was in Texas, and he was all these, all these different places as Kamala, and the Ugandan know. giant who right.
2: couldn't understand English, but he could understand his trainer That's who right. wore a mask and had the safari kind of look. You yeah, know, for sure. And uh, you know what a what a what a great one. And and he he must be young here because he wrestles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he wrestles for a long time,
3: so he's yeah. probably. He's probably only he's his in his 20s or something, late twenties, yeah.
2: Gotta be in his twenties
3: here. Maybe, yeah. It'd be interesting to look that up. So Jake's down, so he's getting the, he's getting the chops from this Kamala standing above him. He gets up and and that's oh, pardon me. You can't you can't miss out on Kamala's the, the belly slap. <laughs> I love it. McMahon's like, why does he do that? <laughs> I always thought it was like mm, he's hungry. He's like, you know, getting ready to yeah. feast on his his prey here. Cannibal. That's right. Well, I mean, Jake loves that shtick. He's like,
2: Damien's hungry. He's going <laughs> to eat that big King Kong Bundy. <laughs> and then Kamala's like, that's mm, what like, he said for. He's scared of snakes, but otherwise yeah. you're going to cook them all.
3: Yep. So Jake stands up and receives another side thrust kick that staggers him. And there's a headbutt and then a lifting bear hug. So Kamala holds on to him for a while. It's a bit of a rest spot. Jake finally lowers his leg back down to the ground and kind of gets the leverage of standing on his own two feet. So he starts punching his way out, but Kamala's not letting go. And that's when Jake realizes that he has an Achilles heel, or more like it, bare feet. (laughs) He starts stomping on his feet. (laughs) Ten Achilles toes. That's right. Achilles toes. So yeah, they're stomping on the boots, the bootless Kamala. is just a... It's a better option, right? And so Kamal Kamal's really funny. He's, he's just hopping in pain like he's stepping on hot coals or something like that. And Jake's kind of following around the ring, giving him kicks to the back of the leg. And it's, so it's, it's really neat. I, I love that look. And it's like a way that Jake would, you know, his his shtick in the ring was sort of to find different ways to attack people. Because they kept putting him up against all these monsters. So he had to, he had to find different tactics because he couldn't power them. In this era, like, Jake looks great. Like, he looks fit and he looks, like, fresh. Like even just by early 90s, you know, not only is he aged a tiny bit, but he just he doesn't look very healthy. And when we know for a lot of reasons why. But I mean, here, 87, regardless of whatever he's doing <laughs> in his life, he looks like, you know, he, lo- he looks like an athlete as far as like he looks put- like he's put together kind of thing. And Right. Well,
2: at this point, I haven't uh, hadn't moved to team savage at this point i was more of a mark and i was all about jake yeah and uh but as i said i cheered jake when he wrestled hogan here in winnipeg yeah i was i don't know that i I was i was how can you not boo savage when he's pulling elizabeth in front of you know so at the time i was like savage you coward i wasn't like oh you you genius performer
3: (laughs) So Kimchi's uh, trying to get in with a quick distraction to kind of buy Kamala some time as he, he retreats into, cor- the, in, into the corner in pain. And Jake doesn't want to go in after me, calling him out to the middle of the ring.
2: A lot of goading. Yeah, yeah follow yeah,
3: yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So Kamala slowly advances and it looks like there's going to be a test of strength. And we're like, didn't you learn your lesson with Bundy? Like, don't, don't do it. Yeah. But Jake, this time, he doesn't really engage. While well. he does knuckle lock one hand, he quickly turns that into an arm whip and he stomps on the toes again. <laughs> I love it. He goes right back to it. So desperate to escape that punishment, Kamala just rears back with his massive overhead chop and just totally floors Jake. He just puts him right down. So now he's choking Jake. And this is when Jesse realizes that Joey Morella is the ref, and he calls him out for being a bad for his bad officiating in the Hogan Andre match. And it's super funny. He's like, that's who they should suspend. Joey Morella, not Danny Davis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he might be right. So Jake is being choked across the second rope. Jake's crawling away trying to get away from the big man but eventually ends up laying on the bottom of the rope with his head out outside of the ring and that big stinky foot of the giant across his throat he's being choked out so Kamal starts jogging around the ring slapping his belly again
2: we don't know that it's stinky he didn't oh, even have to wait. Right, no sneakers no socks yeah. probably he's fresh and <laughs> <laughs> lots of air you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so at this point, Jake rallies with a gut punch right on that crescent moon. <laughs> punch right. him in the. It's like uh, Mike Tyson, punch, you know, the the Punch Out video game, right? Like you got to hit him in the crescent moon or something. Yeah, you know, just like to that's to that.
2: stun, that doesn't yeah, yeah. do any damage, but it stops his attack for that's a second. That's
3: right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then there's a kick and an uppercut, and Kamala's teetering. Is he gonna go down? And then the camera. There's a weird edit. They decide to go to the crowd or to Kimchi or something. And when you come back in, Jake has somehow lost track of Kamala. He's, he's turning around and Kamala's behind him and and headbutting him. it's just like, why, you were hitting him. How did he get behind you? (laughs) Like, Mm. it's a weird edit. It's a big chop Jake takes and he tries to fight back. Jake swings this big home run shot, but totally misses. There's another headbutt and at this point, Jake falls through ropes, retreats to the outside, and this is where he's inviting Kamala to follow him. And you can see Kimchi pointing with the riding crop or whatever it is. You know, go get him, go get him. Yeah. So it's go, a sucker chase. It's the sucker chase, and it begins. So Jake runs around to the far side of the ring and slides in, and Kamala comes in the ring. It's very important. He comes in between the bottom and the second rope. He doesn't get up and come up because it really sets this up so perfectly. He uses the, use the stairs.
2: He uses the stairs.
3: <laughs> uses the stairs eh? Yeah. To get okay. on the apron. Oh, okay. That's up under the apron. They're cross. right there. He so he's yeah, like, well, why, he why not? He <laughs> crosses <laughs> between the first and second rope, which puts him at the perfect height. And Jake just gives him this devastating <laughs> knee left. Just looks great. Just oh, totally stuns him and awesome. staggers him. And but if whole, you thought that knee exactly. was good. I have been waiting for this move for months because... I would have sworn that he did this move to Bundy in their their the previous match, the other signing event match, and my memory was wrong. Ah. It's here. I, I'm sure I must have seen a Coliseum video match of Jake and Bundy where this move is used because I can t- I picture him doing it to both. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Jake the Snake. He sits himself up. He perches up on the top rope. He's sitting on the top rope with his feet on the second rope. And he waits for Kamala to get close enough. And he does this amazing leaping knee lift. I mean, they got to bring this move back. like He's this an, is this is so an incredible good. move. Yeah. And this is, like, This is a finisher. (laughs) Like this, just looks like so devastating. Kamala takes this huge bump. It sounds so good. It looks so good. It looks as good as anybody's finisher. Like it looks like a knockout blow. Yeah. So here we go. Jake calls for the DDT, and the crowd wants it. They're hungry. They're thirsty for that finisher.
2: It it is kind of like situation specific a bit to Kamala though, because you need the height.
3: You need the guy with the right height. I think. Yeah. Also, like, you know who's gonna gonna charge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's
2: we. You'd have to sell it a different. Jake would have to be playing sucker in the corner, you know, yeah. and like, oh my god, I'm so vulnerable. The other guy'd have to be opposite this the charge, you know, like say right. Say Bundy was going for an avalanche. Yeah. Bundy's gotta think, I got him.
4: Yeah. You know, yeah, even yeah, like yeah. Jake's
2: got his arms tangled up for a second. Then yeah. Bundy's rolling full steam and as, as he's at mid ring, Jake like snaps, throws off heenan, yeah, puts his butt up under the top rope and Bundy's like, What? Like, yeah. Bundy's trying to stop. But then you know, with his feet on the second rope and his butt on the top, as you say, Jake launches long- out with a finisher and knee yeah, lift running yeah. as the guy's crashing into him.
3: I'm trying to, in my head, I'm picturing like, you know, did Jake do this to Andre? Did Jake do this to Earthquake? Like, you know, and he maybe, he, yeah, he, I think he might have, because I think this, you know, is a, a move that he, like, this can't be the only time he did this move because I just, this thing was burned in my I, my brain, this move. Like, you know, yeah, I, it
2: looks incredible.
3: Yeah, so, so great. So we're looking for the finish here, but Fuji from the left side of our screen as we're watching on TV jumps up on the apron to distract Joey Morella. And as that happens, kimchi enters from the near side with his back to us. And he delivers this, like, left-handed clothesline to the back of Jake's head that completely stuns him. So Jake falls backwards to the mat on his back, leaving him completely exposed for the Ugandan giant. And this diving, running splash, he just crushes Jake. And the one, the two, and the three. And our hero Jake goes down to pinfall. He does.
2: Yep. He has the dignity of having been attacked by a heel manager. And yet, you know, uh, nowadays, that would be definitely not a three count.
3: Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. They would have had to drive a tractor in to kill him or something before (laughs) they could have three counted him. So Jake's really selling the ribs here. Yeah. He's really selling how hurt he is. And at this point, we see kimchi... You know, raising the hand of Kamala, but immediately he takes off the pith helmet and he starts taking off the, I guess, I don't want to call it a scarf, but he has something around his neck and he starts taking stuff off and he takes off that jacket. And we see a very fancy shirt. There's a lot of rhinestones in there, baby. <laughs> and the mask comes off. It's the honky tonk man. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh,
2: my God. Boo. Who would have thought that? Could've exactly.
3: Been- And it's funny because remember we looked at those results. We found we came across that one match was some sort of a Hogan match where Jake had Jake was dressed up as Kimchi to screw over Kamala, you know, and whoever else. Like so, it's interesting. And Paul Orndorff did the the fake Kimchi. So this is like you know, this is Jake. I I forgot that Jake dressed up as Kimchi. Yeah, we didn't see the footage. We just read it on like high show result. Yeah, yeah. He Kimchi cost the bad guys the match. I think it was a tag match where Jake was. He was the impersonating ah, Right, kimchi. so this would
2: be like Jake is, he did the work of a face on yes. that night by that's crossing right, yeah. the heels the match. Exactly. Fun, oh, he fun, totally fun. was,
3: yeah, he was totally like the, you know, he's pretending to be and kimchi. And that, that
2: strange era, the, yes. which is over now. He's face, huge face now. But yeah, that's right. we, we talked about that uh, oh, gray Oh, the the
3: gray area that went on for like three months. So it's yeah, like which pretty, was great, Pretty Jake. wild. The best yeah. stuff. So here we go. This reveal, this, you know, flashy man, the honky-tonk man what it's a great, great. gimmick McMahon, mcmahon's mcmahon's like you know his his response is so great <laughs> like he's so he's so upset and so indignant that this has happened and so honky drums a couple of elbows and uh, there's actually i noticed there's a sign in the crowd that says don't ban the ddt and it kind of triggered this memory i'm pretty sure we missed over it when we were looking through our footage we didn't come across it but i'm qu- i'm quite positive on syndicated tv jimmy hart and the honky tonk man did a couple of promos where they were like we're going that move banned and you know like so nice that's, that's always cool. a good angle yeah. so then he picks up jake for the shake rattle and roll neck breaker which is probably one of the weakest finishers you know because when you look at like rick rude's neck breaker versus honky's neck breaker i mean i'd rather take honky's neck breaker <laughs>
2: yeah well later on ricky throws a swinging neck breaker on somebody and it's, it's yeah. no finisher you that's know that's right exactly but honky's got the three windups because uh, a one and a two and a yeah. Rah!
3: So it's super funny, Honky gets on the mic and uh, he's <laughs> he tells the crowd, you're a beautiful audience, I love you. <laughs> what a great shtick, they hate him
2: and he's just thanking them for all the support, <laughs> I love you, you're beautiful, as if they're cheering him, it's fucking comic yeah, genius. Yeah, it's so awesome. It really is great, and he gives, thank you.
3: Gives Jake one gives Jake one more stop for good luck. <laughs> Boo! And here's how McMahon you. says, he's, Honky Dog Man, he's going to pay for that, he's going to pay dearly one day. I want to know when... When does the honky-tonk man pay? Jake, as far as I know, never gets any revenge, ever. Yeah,
2: that sucks. I guess maybe on the circuit, you know. Yeah, like would, maybe uh, we're
3: going to come across a Philly or somewhere where Jake DDTs him but like, and pins him or something, but like pre, let's say, before he wins the Intercontinental title, but like Jake doesn't get to take the, the title off of him. Jake doesn't get his revenge by taking this belt off of this guy. Jake is like on, you know, he's clobbered with the guitar. He loses at WrestleMania three. And then, like, and then here he gets cost another match. And it's just, like, I don't see where Jake, you know, Jake goes on for big, big things. But as far as I can tell, Honky Tonk Man wins this feud, like, hands down.
2: Yeah, yeah. What a, How unsatisfying that Honky never gets his comeuppance from Jake the Snake Roberts. That's Brrr. right.
3: So, yeah, we'll look. We'll, we'll, we'll see over the summer months here if we can find a, uh, a you know, a house show where Jake can, you know, give Honky what he deserves, which is an ass-kicking. But for now... As far as I know, Honky wins. Honky always wins over Jake.
1: Oh, no, don't do this. That's Jake rado right row sets him up. Jake the Snake now. Go! And they're breaking down to the canvas. Look at this. I can't believe that a Honky talk man has done this. How low can you go? Thank
4: you.
2: remember we talked about Kamala sending George out of uh, probably MSG or something on a, yeah, on a stretcher one of the
3: big cards yeah yeah, yeah. It, we, it was on something we watched we didn't actually review that match but we mentioned it for yeah. sure the big the big splash took him out
2: because it was billed yeah. to Kamala facing Hogan yeah yeah okay so George uh the animal Steel is uh, another excellent source of shoot interviews <laughs> yeah for me the jury's out on him you know because he became an office guy which right. is tough you know because then you're not that one of the boys yeah and then the boys won't ever see you the same. Love his boogaloo shuffle. Uh, it's one of the of course, most yeah. crazy, fun, silly things going in wrestling. And, uh, and I think we didn't really take a moment to savor the comedy gold of Kamala versus George the Animal Strike. That's Steel. right, yeah. Because George Steele himself has the best term for it. He said, I, I became a cartoon character. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, these, this, these are his words. So, yeah. and like, we haven't put that term on it. Kamala is like as good as it gets, cartoon character. That's right, yeah. You know, um, he, he's not wearing the Olympic wrestling gear and he hasn't no. got the cauliflower ears. No, no. You know, a Vern Gagne special. Yeah. Kamala is Vince McMahon's, you know, dream cartoon. So right. this is the cartooniest match of all cartoon <laughs> matches, comedy gold. So George Steele is talking about the booking and he's saying like, well, well, well wait, wait, wait a minute, you know, like you got to put me out on a stretcher. Like you can't just have me get up and walk away from a splash off the top rope. So he said right. it was his idea. In 20 years or whatever, he'd never been carried out. Yeah. So he was putting Kamala over big time.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, he, he wrestled a huge chunk of his career as like a scary heel. That's against, right. Like, Pedro and Bruno. And, that's you know. right.
2: And that's what he said. I was a brawling heel and not a cartoon character that's for right. his whole career. And then we saw, because yeah, with the, the weapons, the forks, the knives, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
2: Ab- <now>. Abdullah light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting the big, uh, may tie a big kerchief around his neck, yeah. you know, a little uh, dinner serviette. <laughs> yeah. So it was unique that when Kamala lays him out and they took him out like that, and George had never had that happen for him. Right. Basically, they did an old theater exercise that I would do in acting class. Okay. Where the two people look at each other and they move really slowly and they pretend they're in a bathroom mirror. Okay. And you go about brushing your teeth teeth or shaving or cleaning your eyes or whatever slowly enough that
3: trying to mimic you I guess eh?
2: Well you t- want to get to the point where you don't know, who, you don't know who's leading. The oh, teacher okay, comes yeah. along and watches you and sees if you're mirroring each other. Yeah. It's a mirror game. Yeah. So these two Kamala and George Steele start playing the mirror game like they put one <laughs> hand up and the other guy puts his hands up. They tilt their head. The other guy's <laughs> tilting their head and they're just kind of like doing this weird like looking at each other. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Until George Steele takes his finger and he goes for the face painting Kamala just watches him transfixed like <laughs> <you> know, <so laughs> he takes the thing and then he sniffs it and and then George does the whole <laughs> just starts doing the, the, the boogaloo shuffle and Kamala goes <laughs> and he runs and hides behind the ropes and then a bunch of foot stomping and yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. and the shtick and uh, and then George says uh, okay so King Curtis it took me a minute to realize that's the wizard
3: of course yeah yeah, well, yeah. Well, you say, of course, uh, yeah we, we talked about him a little bit In oh, I, Fuji, I Fuji's uh, Hawaiian tag team championship and all that stuff,
2: apparently, I cannot remember our own broadcast. There you but go, you're not supposed mind. to, <laughs> yeah. So, George is saying, Yeah, you know, we'll get to Curtis, will throw the horn in. Kamala hit me with that, yeah. and he climbs. So, you know, he was talking Shaka about Khan. that's right, Shaka Khan. It's just so I did watch it, and it's a lot of good laughs. Like, that's it's awesome, yeah. You can't get I more. I definitely
3: saw the footage of the end of the match, I saw the splash, sure. You know. But the shtick, you Yo, know yeah, what I, mean? I I think like, I miss that. I think yeah. I definitely miss that.
2: Because like George is copying Kamala with the belly slapping. Slap, 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 <laughs> slap, <laughs> slap. So Kamala starts copying George with the one arm up in the air and bending <laughs> his wrist, boogaloo, crazy shuffle. And yeah, he's yeah. like, it's like he's complaining to the, the wizard and Chi-Chi, uh, Kim Chi. Yeah. He's like, but look at what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just so funny. Like this is the comedy. Uh, Lou showed us a good comedy match, you know, with a Japanese guy. And and, and like he called it, it was a different style of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. full of laughs, right? Ichikaru, or I don't know, but yeah, like I, wrestling can be so funny,
3: especially when it's not forced humor. Like they're not like go out there and dance, but it's like yeah. genuine, like kind of thought out stuff. That's great. We gotta settle the score. <laughs> we got we gotta finish this match. We gotta get this this one in the books. In in the cemetery, maybe
0: <laughs> put it to rest. Yeah, the graveyard. That's where George the Animal steals headed. you after this lumberjack match, I'm gonna finish the job. Yeah, because I'm a heel for not for much longer. Yeah, I'm gonna be turning face and taking over the WWF. But tonight, I'm gonna take that hairy bozo, put him down. One, two, three. Hurt him real bad. Take it. <laughs> The only other
3: lumberjack match I think we've covered is uh, is it was the Savage Hogan lumberjack match where Morocco and Bundy were on the outside beating up Hogan. Getting in those good avalanche splashes on the uh, post.
2: Ribs bandaged. Right.
3: This is the uh, the bandage from the Bundy squash. And this match is taking place before Science Man event is actually aired.
2: Well, as I mentioned, everybody knows Macho Man's going on to become (laughs) one of the most beloved heroes. And he's about to be uh, half of the mega powers. So this sadly does mark our last of the best savage as far as overall look in ring performance and just the whole thing i mean he is my favorite but it's going back to this era i gotta say is the best savage and for one thing i don't approve of the cowboy hat so there's a whole you know that whole thing here i'm like you know yeah. doesn't look that good my favorite moment is yet to come but uh i mean and his career highlights are yet to come but uh, i prefer a uh cowardly yeah, style yelling at Elizabeth because how can you resist hating this guy yeah. it's just like
3: it's such a smart and a guy that also is as mu- as much as he's playing the coward he still has more offense as yeah. a bad guy than he does so as, a good, as a good guy he's just you know he he's a punching
2: bag <laughs> that's right Th- thank you I was thank you for making the point that I would have gone to gotten to yeah this is my best my his greatest so uh, I'm gonna miss the uh, intercontinental savage yeah. that was the best savage for All these reasons, but you know, I mean, like he did look Fucking ripped and tough, and like yeah. 15 years later, he came back and that's it wasn't, right, yeah. wasn't healthy for him, no, but like no. he, he like he's clearing the ring like Goldberg, yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, he had the status and reputation to come back and be yeah, like the right. so, so very top dog, yeah,
3: it's exactly, yeah.
2: And he looked incredible, and like, and they stopped wearing the cowboy hat. So I was like, I wish I was paying attention, and maybe yeah. you know, who knows what, but I don't know every twist and turn of the Macho Man saga. The guys from old school wrestling have educated me, but I wasn't really watching. So, you know, God willing, maybe one day we'll... Go a bit yeah, uh, off, closer.
3: Off, off uh, yeah, we'll go off off script. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, just watch the Macho Man because yeah, of... Yeah. How, because well, I remember of, telling you, like, I, I remember seeing, like, him win the world title in WCW without a shirt on, and I was like, Jeffrey he's like, you know... <laughs> I know,
2: prime Macho Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen some of that stuff, but I, I saw the one that was tainted by Hogan saying, yeah. "No, it's my win and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And anyway, uh, but we are trying to keep our show a little tighter than, uh, you know, it's... Uh, stay stay on. on target. Stay on target. So tonight I salute the the Intercontinental champion Macho Man Savage uh, by uh, calling the final match is yes.
0: the greatest of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. <laughs> Intercontinental heavyweight champion Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah! I don't wanna hear any more form or disrespect out of you, Okerlin! You better shut your mouth. And <laughs> forever, the IC title holder. Always will be, yeah. Tonight, I'm going to take that George Steele put a trophy on the wall, yeah. <laughs> but that Ricky Steamboat, yeah, that built stealing nobody. He's right there at the ringside. He's getting in my face, and I'm not going to have it. No way. And George the Animal Steele hit me from behind. Yeah, didn't have time to take off the robe or the shades? No way. Attack from behind like a sneaky little rat. Like an animal, yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> Double leg handle, put down the animal, yeah. Pop him in the head, yeah, take that. Drop an elbow on George <laughs> the animal steel. Yeah, look at him. That big sweaty pig, that hairy animal, yeah. I don't even like to put my hands on him, but that's what I did. Put him down, yeah. I slipped right there, yeah. I, there was all that sweaty pig ass. <laughs> slipped in that pool of sweat, and I'm down on the canvas, yeah. And then George the animal steel takes advantage, yeah. That sweaty ring my canvas just can't stand up. And, uh, yeah, it looks kind of like the animal threw me there. But, no, I'm just trying to get out of my ring gear. Yeah, I'm uh, just jumping out of my robe, ready for action. And uh, he didn't have nothing to do with it. I'm just trying to get ready for the match. Yeah. Now you can see there I am outside with the lumberjacks, yeah, finally get my shades off, they're expensive sunglasses, yeah, and then them British Bulldogs start attacking me for no good reason, (laughs) I need to protect my ring gear, yeah, so I get back in the ring after beating up that stupid dynamite and beating up on Davy Boy, yeah, I get back into the ring to face George the Animal, time for a fist fight, yeah, Throwing punches, getting the better of George the Animal Steel, look at him stagger, yeah, every blow the macho man lands, sends that animal a little lure down the food chain, yeah, worm food, that's where he's gonna be, dig it, until he grabs my hair, yeah, that beautiful hair, all of his hair's on that nasty big fat bowling pin body of his, (laughs) the macho man ain't grabbing no hair, no way. George the Animal Steel's not above cheating so he grabs the hair and throws me into the turnbuckle. Smash! Now I'm seeing stars. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where I went to. And I heard something out of the corner of my ear. Yeah, Elizabeth was calling for help. I had to get out of the ring and go and give her a little hand. Who's there but the bulldogs? Yeah. So I had to lay them out. One, two, three, them. Then Tito shows up so I gave him the business. Yeah. Didn't
3: they actually just throw you back
0: in the ring? No way! No, I gave him what they asked for. Messing with the macho man. I heard Elizabeth needed some help. I wasn't running. <laughs> I was defending my woman. I don't want to hear any more disrespect out of you. I leave them all out, yeah Better than the art foundation, yeah At WrestleMania, I took on all three of them Left them lame, and then I (laughs) Went and I calmed down Elizabeth Then I got back into the ring To take care of that George the Animal Steel And what does he do? He decides to bite me on the forehead Like the filthy (laughs) animal he is He's chewing on the Macho Man I got the scars to prove it on my forehead, yeah he hit me from behind just like last time because it's the only way he can get the upper hand on the macho man's bite. Hit me from behind, yeah. <laughs> but now, he's got me mad, yeah. So I give him a little kick in that big fat gut. Even George the Animal Steel felt that one, yeah. And they all go to the back of that shiny ball, bowling ball head of his. And I backed him over into the ropes, you know what? And I thought i put the squeeze on his nose. Yeah, cut <laughs> up that oxygen. I think he squeezed your nose. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't got one original pot in his <laughs> dim little brain of his. Yeah, the brain scam proved it. George the Animal Steel copied the macho man. He grabbed my nose. He tried to rip it right off. Yeah, he's probably going to just chew on it right then and there. I'm trying to have a wrestling match, and George the Animal Steel couldn't wrestle his way out of a paper bag, yeah. But I gave him an elbow, gave him what for, gave him a rattle, yeah. Gave him some cobwebs to clear. More punches get traded, yeah, and I don't even feel him. I don't understand why he keeps trying to hit me, because I'm impervious. <laughs>
3: that's not what it looks like to us.
0: Well, that's, what, that's your opinion, yeah. Once again, I heard Elizabeth crying for help, so I had to get out of the ring he had to go help my woman. Didn't George just throw you out? No way! No, I decided to take a little, <laughs> uh, you know, exit, a uh, little expedition, uh, you know, into the lumberjack territory to defend Elizabeth.
3: Kind of looks like you are on the
0: run from Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat had no business getting in my face. know. Yeah, if he keeps it up, I'll give him what for the dragon's going to be a macho man's super tonight. Yeah, we're having dragon soup. <laughs> and them bulldogs better stay out of my way. Oh, make sure they never see the belts again. I get back into the ring to take care of business. Did you notice that kimchi came out with Honky Tonk Man? They're both in the same place at the same time. I didn't see that. No, I was uh, I was paying attention to George the Animal Steel. Didn't see the kimchi in the, uh, the, the... Your good friend Honky Tonk Man. I'll take care of Honky Tonk, later. And you see right there, George the Animal Steel thinks he's going to ram my head into the turnbuckle. But I got a better idea. Yeah, the last second I push him off and the animal eats that turnbuckle. Smart thinking by the Macho Man, quick as a cat, yeah. <laughs> and now you can see the superiority of the Macho Man, yeah, taking over. I've got the advantage on George the Animal Steel. I tie him up on the ropes, clean his clock, yeah, punch him, lip, right, lip, right. And then right there I'm about to finish everything. George the Animal Steel is gonna fall victim to my elbow, but Ricky the Dragon interferes and saves that hairy bozo. He has no business <laughs> doing that, getting involved. Jack Tunney, I want Ricky the Dragon steamboat removed from the Federation and uh, give me back that belt. Yeah. <laughs> A few shoulders to the midsection of that George the Animal Steel, yeah. He responds with a cheap shot to the nose. A false sense of security. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right there. I'm playing possum. Letting him think he's in charge. But the Macho Man's always in control. That's when the Macho Man climbs up to the top rope. Yeah. And I come down with the bubble bag sandal across that George the Animal steel. at look, run away, yeah, like a little baby rabbit. George the Animal, George the Baby Rabbit steel run away. (laughs) And uh, then he goes and he picks a fight with the lumberjacks, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, they're not very nice. They start booting him.
0: He went up there and started talking smack to the lumberjacks, and they're not going to have it. He attacked their boots with his stomach? That's exactly it. The macho man said it was so, then that's the way it happened. Yeah, dig it. George the Animal Steel was getting his clock cleaned by all my lumberjacks, the lumberjacks. And then some redneck with a two-by-four gets in the <laughs> ring, chasing around shaking Volkoff. Get out of there, Duggan. After the ring is cleared, Duggan is escorted from the area. They uh, have a little TV ad. Yeah, time to snap into a Slim Jim. Dig it. I don't know what it is about George Steele, but everybody just wants to punch him in the head like Danny Davis right there. Yeah, he was asking for it, so Danny bops, George. One more time, the macho man squares up against the animal, and yeah, what's he do? He rakes my eyes. Yeah, of course he does, because he's nothing but a cheat. Yeah.
3: Isn't he just fighting fire with fire?
0: He started it. I'm starting to think that you're on the animal side. Yeah, you're yeah And then my uh you don't decide to uh take a look around. I went up and uh, had a little peek from the great heights. Or you could say he was choking me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Pretty sure he just lifted you straight off the ground.
0: Might have been what happened, yeah. It was hard to breathe up there, cutting off the oxygen. The macho man is used to the, uh, being up where the eagles soar, yeah. And then, like the wild animal that he is, George Steele starts eating the turnbuckles, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, got horse hair in there, very irritating to the eyes, yeah. He takes the macho man who's blinded and he throws my head into that unprotected stomach. Deal. so i kicked him it. yeah kick into the guts and the <laughs> suplex but he's so big and fat i could barely get him up <laughs> it wasn't much of a suplex and i dropped myself on top of the animal with a pedro knee clap snap <laughs> and then george the animal goes out to hug the dragon <laughs> he's he was looking for some support finally george the animal gets back into the ring with the macho man I decided, you know, just to, uh, I'd had enough of that dragon, yeah. So I went over there to tell him to get out of here, yeah, challenge him again for the belt, and next thing you know... sure George just threw you out of the ring. That's not what happened, no way, that's not how I remember it. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna throw you out of the ring in a minute.
3: And wasn't Steamboat just doing his job as a lumberjack to put you back in the, in the ring?
0: His job is to give me a title shot rematch. Yeah, that's the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's job. His one and only mission in life is to keep that belt just long enough for me to get it back from him. So he'd better not cause trouble because I need him to beat Hercules tonight. Yeah, so I can take that belt back. So I went up there to explain that to him and he attacked me. Yeah, for no good reason. Pretty sure you hit him first. Well, I had to fight back. Yeah, I am the Macho Man Retaliation. You want to start something with the Macho Man? Bam, I hit him back, and he's laying on the ground. One, two, three, out cold. Macho Man's flexing the guns, looking pretty good, yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, I got a feud to settle back into the ring, so now that I laid out the dragon, I'm going to get back in there and finish off George Steele. You'd rather have a fist fight, and that's okay with me because I will beat up George the Animal Steel just like I beat up the Bulldogs and beat up Ricky the Dragon and beat up anybody that gets in my face. I'll take all the time I want to get back into the ring. I beat up everybody in the WWF, and then I'm going to beat up all the fans here in South Bend, Indiana. There's one thing the Macho Man's not going to do, and I'm not going to bite that dirty animal because I don't want to get a tetanus shot. (laughs) I'm afraid of what kind of parasites the animals got flown around that bloodstream. So I hit him. Now it may have sounded like a ring bell, but no, that was me just clocking George the animal's jaw. Look, things got
3: out of hand. All the lumberjacks were fighting. Everyone was in the ring. Steamboat was laying you out until Hercules came and saved no you. No way, no way. And then that no good down low Danny Davis brought the ring bell in and hit George Steele. You wouldn't have won otherwise.
0: I didn't see that happen. All I remember is that I climbed up to the top rope and dropped the big elbow. Yeah, one, two, three, winning the feud. Yeah, that's the end of George the Animals. Who's Danny Davis? I don't even remember him. (laughs) Never heard of that guy in my life. Danny who? What? can't say that I know the name. And that is when the dragon attacked me again. That's right. For no good reason. You deserved it. Macho Man finishes off George the Animal Steel. For good and all, he's going to retire and just be a road agent from now on. And from that point, it
3: looks like everybody gets in the ring. We got a
0: full-out
3: Brook. It looks like a battle royal in there.
0: And Macho Man beat up everybody, including the heels, That's yeah. not true. I stood tall over everybody. Elizabeth had to pull a, me a off.
3: A man you're afraid of, Jake the Snake, came out. No way!
0: I'll make a belt buckle out of him, yeah. Pair of boots. Macho man wins the impromptu battle royal, yeah. <laughs> I remember beating Jesse Jake De- the Snake one, Jesse, two, three, Jesse, right here on Saturday night's main event. Jesse declared Damien the winner of the battle royal. Damien, yeah. Well, I tell you what. Damien... Is a boa and the boa goes around your neck and the neck is connected to that. <laughs> <laughs> that big thumb skull, George the Animal Steel, is going on my trophy wall. Yeah. I'm gonna put him above the mantelpiece. Yeah, and all the little macho man kids will say, Who's that animal? And I'll say, I finished him up and soap in Indiana. Saturday night's main event. Yeah.
3: Well, you did win the match. We're taken to a segment with mean Gene Okerlund, and it's a couch segment. We got Heenan with his neck brace looking uncomfortable and weasley, and the big man in his rock and wrestling outfit, the suit, Andre the Giant, looking yeah. uh, uh, not impressed. <laughs> and there's basically it's a really simple interview segment, and Heenan's just basically throwing out all these claims that like the refs were in Hogan's pocket and Jack Tunney's on his side, and everything was working against them, and Joey Morella was cheating the ref, and they we go through the footage. And we do get to see the three count, which would be, it becomes, you know, quite famous for like, even, even by February 88, like by the main event, like Jesse's really, that's what he's latching onto is the fact that like Andre actually won the first match, right? you know, in the opening moments, <laughs> like in, yeah. the, in the first 20 seconds, Andre got a three count and it's pretty great because the camera angle is such that you can't see Joy Morella's hand, whether he pulls up short or whether he, uh, you know, yeah. does the three count or not, but there is a really funny moment. Because Jean's contesting what Bobby Heenan's saying, and Bobby Heenan goes full Brian Cranston. It's Godzilla. He's like, he's Bobby Heenan's like, you're a lying. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's super funny. And he wants them to strip Hogan of the championship and give his man a rematch, or just give him the belt. <laughs> he's just like, give this belt to this man. <laughs> I love it. It's very,
2: so very compelling argument.
1: Yeah. He counted to three. You saw it. Ninety-three thousand saw it. Millions saw it. Wait a minute, there the referee is reinforcing his decision. He only came up with a two count. Oh, he's lying!
5: He's lying! The man counted to
3: three! You saw it! The people saw it again! So from there, we're going to go to a best two out of three falls tag team championship match, the match that should have taken place at WrestleMania three. Absolutely. And it's, you know, when we're talking in this era, best two out of three fall tag team matches, it's got to involve the Bulldogs. Yep. Remember the uh, Cleveland European rules, as Jesse put it, when they fought the Dream Team in the best two at three falls? Is that what he said? I'd forgotten. Yeah, he got mad that there was, because that's the one where the Dream Team wins the first fall. So he's mad that they're not already already the champs. And he's like, where are the stupid Cleveland European rules? (laughs) Right, right, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty good. So right away, we've got this big crowd shot of the ring. We can hear, not very well, but we can hear the Bulldogs music. And the camera comes in low to the ground, like, you know, some kind of action football-like thing when they come out of the tunnel or whatever. But what we see is Matilda. We had the great shot of Matilda coming out with the Bulldogs and with Tito Santana. They're not coming out empty-handed. They're not coming out with their backs, leaving their backs open. So they got a man who's going to be there to stop some of this cheating that the Heart Foundation's been doing. And this is where we get, you know, the look that you mentioned in one of your matches we reviewed recently, which is the red tights, the red long tights. It's got the blue style where the trunks are, like where the trunks would be, and then the union Jack on the back. I have to correct myself because when we were talking about that, I said at WrestleMania Three, they wore those trunks. They wore the white version of those trunks at WrestleMania 3. So the white legs and the blue trunks and the Union Jack on the back. So just gotta, you know, gotta get it right. They so- look great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they look, like, they like look, an, yeah, they look ready to come out and kill. Yeah, you know, and their physiques
2: in. are so you know similar and but different, but they're both like such and, great- and
3: they've and they've trimmed down their hair. Like D- Dynamite's hair is really short, and Davey Boy's is pretty short. It's the, he doesn't have like the WrestleMania two perm. You know, he's got like uh, pretty, pretty keeping it pretty tight. And we get a Duggan inset promo where he's basically just threatening Volkov for singing his anthem and taking up Hogan's (laughs) claim from the second (laughs) Saturday Night's Men event that that No Good Commie's not going to be singing his song on on his watch, that kind of stuff. So we know that's coming up. When they come back from commercial, the Chiron shows, we got... The two logos, and one of them kind of fits your thing. It's the it's the Broken Heart logo, Jimmy Hart's Broken Bones, <laughs> whatever, Club, Club band. band. That's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it says Heart Foundation, of course, and the Bo- British Bulldogs is British with the Union Jack in the middle and Bulldogs underneath, so some simple logos, but they're good. They're effective. And we're going to go to an interview with Mean Gene in the back, and we've got that, that same foursome with Danny Davis and Jimmy Hart and the Heart Foundation, and they're laughing and really putting on for you know for the interview and mean gene's very disgusted with them and he's just complaining it's really great he's accusing them of every cheating tactic under the sun and and jimmy hearts really mocks him with a thank you mean gene and just really like yep. not taking anything for for granted jimmy says the Crybaby's the british bulldogs and they'll have their shot tonight and Gene says, they won't have a fair shot with this man, Daddy Davis. And it's great because Daddy Davis loses his mind and they have yeah. to, like, restrain him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he goes after Gene. It's
2: like they're all having such fun laughing yeah, yeah, yeah. and what? smiling. What? <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, oh exactly. He turns psycho. You yeah, know? yeah. The party dies. And, and they, they,
3: they carry him out of there. And it's really great because Gene, Gene, Gene's like, all his years, of, he's never been so viciously and rudely treated. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, if mean Gene was in this position in the Attitude Era, think of all the bumps he would have had to take. <laughs> Right. Yeah. They got, I, <laughs> probably I. Would've, probably would have been part of the Kiss My Ass Club. Probably oh, would have got peed on, you know. Jeez. <laughs>
2: <Like>, <laughs> yeah. All that gross stuff. That's right. I'm glad Gene didn't have to suffer.
3: Exactly. It. So the hearts enter the, the arena to no music. Again, like this big part thing, right? Like the majority of wrestlers didn't have music. You're right. And so they, and of course their music's really tied to the good guy version of them. Like, you know, heel Heart Foundation music yeah. just doesn't, you know, that well, didn't work.
2: I mean, I. I Really can't remember. Did Bret Hart change his music once he went from tag team solo?
3: Not exactly. He kept the same music, but at some point they did change his music. The original Hart Foundation music is different than uh, what he's using. Let's say in like the Attitude Era, but it's like the same song, but just oh, like di- you know, very similar, okay, like, different. And then they changed it again when he came, you know, way after the fact when he came back out of retirement, you know, to have his match against Vince McMahon and the stuff. That sad debacle. Uh, that music again was different. Right. He didn't even know it was going to be different. He, he, I've heard him talk about that. He's waiting to come out through the tunnel, and all of a sudden he hears the, you know, the. And he's like, uh, that's not the way it goes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there it is, fine That's
2: I. I, I couldn't remember it, and then uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the metal, melody there. Yeah, for sure. Just a crunchy guitar riff, and then like a little bit of yeah. synthesizers come in towards the, after the crunchy yeah, guitar,
0: right. and it's really to the- it's tied to, like
3: to those early okay. le- those early. Home video game releases of WF games with Bret Hart was in because like the music would if you're on like the you know the 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 intro screen or something like you know you're picking your wrestler and then oh, right. he, when you highlight the wrestler you hear, you hear their theme song so right. just like hearing a song over and over and over again or something okay but yeah so their Hart Foundation are about to climb in the ring and the camera works really good because Matilda's waiting <laughs> she's like you know she's in the blocks for the hundred yard dash she's waiting yeah and as soon as they get in it's awesome Matilda does her job perfectly she chases yeah. Jimmy Hart around the ring yeah and Vince McMahon's like get him get him Get him! In yeah. because, like, <laughs> he loves it. And Jimmy Hart's like, good thing he's light of feet and pretty agile because like he almost crushes Matilda. He almost ends up like falling on her pretty hard, right. but he, he manages to sort of not drive his knee into her back and like yeah. fall out of the ring and it's really great. He looks so, so accosted. <laughs> right. Well, there is a little tear in his pants. Yeah. You, you have to figure they probably gimmicked that before he went, even went out, but it's great. It's a great right. example, you know, that he can point to this, and she's chewing on his megaphone. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I've been nipped by a dog and yeah. gotten a tetanus shot because they broke her skin, sure. oh, you know, yeah. like
2: it's yeah. like, somebody's like, well, you better go get your shot because the dog bit you and Drew blood. And, and, and I, yeah. I always remember thinking like, what kind of people let their dogs go and <laughs> Yeah <laughs> biting people. And That's then right. so you see, you got to get a shot. And they're like, oh, well, she does that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And I got to go get a fucking needle because your dog
3: does that. Yikes. So McMahon's quite orgasmic over this whole situation. He just yeah. loves, he loves seeing Jimmy Hart take any kind of punishment. And it's pretty good. So we get into it. It's the first fall and Davey Boy Smith's going to start out against Bret Hart. Jesse's really looking forward To this great matchup And these great athletes And stuff like that He's sort of You know He's not quite as uh, It's funny He's not as biased Against the Bulldogs As he is against most good guys
2: Okay yeah
3: So they lock up And Davy Boy Smith The more powerful man Easily pushes Brett off It's not even close And Brett immediately goes For the knuckle lock and, but he's smart. He doesn't want to go for a test of strength. So he immediately uses his foot to r- you know, release one of the two hands. He, st- he steps on Davy Boy's hand, basically. Well, kick they're, they're,
2: they're kind of higher up. So his, I thought yeah. it was his knee. He uses his knee to rake across the knuckles.
3: I thought it was his foot, but it's, same result. He uses his leg. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say that. That way we're not wrong. To break the grip. And he winds up the other arm. And this is a great Davy Boy spot. He does this a lot. So Davy Boy, you know, works try it for a second to try and get out of the arm, uh, arm ringer. He does a front roll. He does a back roll. He does a front hand spring and lands on his feet. And then he woo, reverses, winds up Bret Hart. And so that was, like, really cool.
2: So acrobatic for such yeah. a guy who he looks so, so strong. Yes,
3: exactly. Pound so, for pound, like, definitely one of the strongest guys. They're in
2: the appeal of the Bulldogs. Like, you know, the acrobatics plus, you know, the strength. The strength, yeah. Exactly. Like, such a,
3: like, balance between the two. And here we go. It's time for the Brutus Beefcake Ride. He's got... Hitman's arm locked out. And the great thing with Hitman is he's so much lighter and so much more agile than B cake. So he really goes up in the air and he comes down like a flat back bump. It looks like it looks like a crazy, you know it's like a choke slam but with the arm instead. Yep. <laughs> you know, like he just slams him down. Very nice. And he's got him pinned down on the ground and he gives him back to back. Driving knees into the bicep, and Jesse's like really, you know, that looks really, dead you know, deadly. And it's funny. I think at some point he starts talking to McMahon about, it. "I wish you would feel that." Like, you know, <laughs> you've never felt that, McMahon. <laughs> yep. McMahon's like, "Well, I, I don't really. It's okay that I haven't felt that." It's like doesn't really want to.
2: It's funny, you know. B- McMahon obviously got so big that, like, yes, you know, and it that he was able to get beat up by the wrestlers That's and right. survive. Yeah, you exactly. know, I guess that was part of his thing because, like, you know, famously Kevin Kelly yeah. uh, nails like beat the crap out of him as he yeah. as he quit the you know, and uh, Bret Hart took so Vince McMahon. I guess part of the reason vanity, but also like yeah.
3: occasionally these guys are going to turn on me. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I got to be able tough enough to take a beating. Yeah, for sure. So at this point, Bret Hart shows us some of his own athleticism. He does a nip up, gets up to his feet, and grabs Davy Boy in a headlock. Holds that for a second. Davy Boy pushes him off, does a leapfrog, and then rolls backwards on his back so that he can catch Bret Hart as he's bouncing off the ropes with his feet to you know, catapult him into the air. It's almost like a, sort of like a monkey flip, but not like a traditional out of the corner monkey flip. It's this sort of weird, catchy backwards. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everyone can imagine that, but Bret Hart goes for this huge ride, big somersault, take the big flat back bump it's really awesome
2: all these skills they polished in canada everybody that's
3: right in calgary <laughs> probably
2: frosty winters much like well calgary's a little less cold they get these things called chinooks yeah they, from uh, the mountains there yeah, warm air in, comes down yeah but i've also had some cold oh, ass yeah, cold winters yeah. in calgary personally yeah. like i traveled there myself and 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 uh people would say like they uh, tore down a hotel this is where the hearts used to party and now it's an <laughs> apartment building so yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently i worked right across the street from where Everybody used to drink. Oh nice. Yeah, and uh the, to the, but not I worked with younger people, so I didn't hear many of those stories.
3: Yeah, for sure. So David Boy's back on the arm and Brett quickly pushes him off and attempts this big clothesline, but Davy Boy is quick as a cat, and he ducks that clothesline and he slings his body around up into the crucifix position, real tight, and gets Brett Hart down for a two count. They're back up and moving quick. There's a shoulder tackle. Boom, Bret Hart goes down. That leads to a follow-up attempt. But this time, Bret Hart does the drop-down. Davy Boy goes over, and the camera angle swings around perfectly to catch Davy Boy coming in and catching that, like, ooh, devastating knee to the stomach. And he does, like, the big flip. He's, you know, again, Davy Boy's so agile. He can take bumps as good as, you know, these mm, smaller guys. Right. So there we go. The Hart Foundation is dug in. They've nailed him. And it's, you know, their turn to finally get the offense. So Anvil's tagged in for the first time and Jim gets hold of Smith's very short hair and he does the classic Bulldogs heart foundation spot which is the hair whip. So basically David weighs on his butt and Jim Nighthart wrenches him up into the air as best as he can and shakes him out like a towel right. <laughs> snapping him down to the ground.
2: Well uh, uh, Barry Darsal was talking about how strong Nightheart is. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean I, I never really thought about him. I just heard people reference it but you look at him he yeah. doesn't look he hasn't got any kind of sculpted physique no, so you're like he's got how that
3: could he rota- but again like let's think back to the Ken Patera look when he's like the, you know setting world records and yeah. weightlifting. Like you know he doesn't look impressive physically as far as his you know physique goes, but he looks but but he's better got power, than,
2: right? But he does still even like in his kind of uh, 1972 bookworm fat kid, yeah, <laughs> world strongest man look. You know he simultaneously <laughs> looks like someone you know yeah. that uh, so incongruent with what you know he was actually um doing with his life but anyway um so darsaw said that night that he could maybe work his way up to a 500 pound bench press but he'd have to like go through the different weights very, yeah. very uh you know demolition at a smash yes but Nighthart could just come in get onto the bench and do 500 right away from wow. cold, right from cold yeah was his story and i just thought it it didn't ever really particularly sell you know in yes. WWF. but they would say like you he know, was the power
3: man of the group they but would say that like yeah and that's it
2: Yeah, just sort of like to make up for his lack of impressive physique they'd say he's a strong man but I always remember like he doesn't look any stronger than Greg Valentine or anybody you know but of course Greg Valentine will tell you he's a wrestler not a bodybuilder. that's right
3: exactly yeah for sure so at this point McMahon's pointing out the problems of Danny Davis but that Tito's there to take care of him and then Jesse has this great little line he's like I forgot Chico was hanging out and this man of course is his Tito (laughs) yes
2: yeah and uh, it turns out it uh, will be a good thing that Tito's hanging out as we'll discuss Discussed that the last match of the card will uh, lead to a bit of Tito talk. That's right. Even though he's not in it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Anvil's in with a few blows and a choke into his corner. Joey Morell is the ref. He's admonishing him as Bret Hart takes over the choking behind the ref's back. They're doing all the classic Hart Foundation cheating tactics. So the Hart Foundation doesn't have Davis in the ring to actually you know, win the match for them this time. they got to do it themselves, right? Like there's, there's an actual ref, not a teammate, who's there to sabotage the whole thing. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take more than what it took in those previous couple of matches for them to get the best of the Bulldogs. So Anvil's got more blows. Hart comes back in. And as they listen to, they want to listen to Jimmy Hart. We want to hear him on the megaphone. J- Jesse's like, shut up, McMahon. He's He does a better play by you, play by by you anyways. Yeah. And then all we get is, here, yeah, are a crybaby, crybaby. <laughs> he's just like, he's yeah. just insulting the Bulldogs. <laughs> I love and hearing. that's when McMahon's like, I wish Matilda had eaten that megaphone alive. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, like what? Jimmy
2: alive, he said megaphone. <laughs>
3: well, no, he does say megaphone. Does he? Yeah. Well, I, I, I,
2: oh, I thought he said he wanted to see, okay, I just thought Because
3: uh, they made a note of like, how do you eat a megaphone alive? Okay, all right,
2: maybe I- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, you big cry babies, is that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. That megaphone is so annoying, I wish Matilda had eaten it alive.
3: So, Bret Hart, during this whole little se- sequence, he gets in his classic cradle backbreaker, a two-count. Hart does his standing leg drop where he sort of just, you know, measures you and just drops down. I'm not too sure. Terry Bolea in the back is liking to see anybody else using a leg drop, but uh, there it was. It wasn't a running leg drop, so I guess that makes it a little bit different. Davy Boy's rammed into a neutral corner head first and then Bret Hart whips him to the opposite corner and charges in hard. And, ooh, he takes a hellacious bump. Davy Boy managed to springboard up similar to... Jake the Snake in the first match Get his feet up in the air And Bret Hart Just the greatest one of the greatest sellers of all time Just destroys himself Runs himself into those boots And just you know looks like he's been run over by a car And Davey Boy struggles Down the ropes For the hot tag And we get for the first time Dynamite Kid And in he comes So very quickly Now Bret Hart's gonna do his other Great corner bump Which is the sternum first It doesn't look like it has all the power on it Some of the other, other great ones But still looks good And now we get the proper, true hair whip. We get that greasy hair. And Dynamite's able to get Bret Hart way off the ground with that. Whip him out. You know, that's always the best version is basically Dynamite whipping Bret Hart is the best version of these four guys doing this to each other.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Probably polished and perfected in Calgary.
3: That's right. Exactly. So Dynamite Kid stands him up and gives him like this short clothesline, which actually almost knocks Dynamite over. It looks a little clumsy. And here's where we're starting to kind of notice like, Dynamite's probably really not moving as well as I want to remember he did at this point. Like, I watched that match 120 times. I don't think I ever considered knowing way too much about him now, about all the injuries. Now you start to, like, see, oh, ooh, that, ooh, this, ooh, this, you know, like. And you kind of see things in a way you didn't see as a, you know, as a teenager, early 20s. He gets a two count off that clothesline, and then he picks him up, and it's snap suplex time, and you see, it's great, there's a couple of kids in in the crowd that just lose their mind. They're just like, they see it coming. As soon as he hooks the arm, you know, they know, like, They know that suplex is happening. They're super excited. Another two count. McMahon can feel it. He thinks the title's coming to the Bulldogs any moment now. So Dynamite drops his falling headbutt. And then Anvil's in to hit Dynamite Kid to break up the count. And then Davey Boy comes in basically to, you know, fight off Anvil. And similar to their non-title match when the Bulldogs were still the champs, it looks very similar. Davey Boy comes in. Anvil just gives him like a knee to the gut because Davey Boy's still too beat up from the previous damage. Chucks him out of the ring. And Danny Davis, that weasel, he's over there stomping on him. And I love it because Jesse, instead of trying to deflect or lie about what's happening, he's like, he just, he's just fine with it. He's like, hey, he's putting the boots to him. <laughs> like McMahon's like, get him out of there. <laughs> it's, it's really great. Yeah, no so of denying course, it. What Tito's, can I say? Tito springs into action. So he's chasing them around the ring. And they're using this entire time. They're choking and stomping on Dynamite. It's like this assault. And Joey Morel is staying with them. So you see Joey counting. And Davy Boy's, you know, out on the apron, basically not able to get back in. Tito eventually chases Davis through the ring and then stops and the bell rings and we find out that it's a DQ situation for this like the double team on Dynamite and Tito comes over and shoves them both off and they announce the fall goes to the Bulldogs and Danny Davis just grabbing his head like so worried like oh no you know it didn't work it backfired they lost the fall. And we go to a commercial break. Once they come back, we see that still Dynamite Kid and Bret Hart in the ring as the as the fall starts. And they're ramming Dynamite's face into Anvil's boot from the apron. Dynamite Kid is being punched and punished by the big rhino. He comes in. And at this point, Dynamite's bleeding from the nose. And he's being choked. So he kind of spot that fairly early on. He's got this, like, you know, bloody nose. It's, you know, it's... Oops. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think it was... You know It definitely like Just an accidental You know Hard way You just got caught With something Like a, a punch Actually landed a bit too hard Or I wonder you know, Who knows Yeah I mean
2: yeah. Obviously for sure Because that's not When when it comes from the nose That's yeah, like yeah. an accident
3: Exactly yeah So Brett is tar- tagged in And we get the Hart Foundation version The the original to be honest The Demolisher So you know it Looks great Yeah Anvil puts Dave uh, Dynamite over his knee Brett Hart comes Goes up That's actually it's funny He says uh, McMahon's like Brett Hart On the top rope Second rope And I'm thinking, no, no, he's on Brett's rope. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And he comes off off with the elbow. Feet feet on the second rope. And butt butt on the turnbuckle. They go for the pinfall. It's a two count and there's a weak kick out. But at this point, as Bret Hart goes to stand, dynamite, kid up, he rallies. It's really good. He's on his knees, but he gives a hard punch to the gut bending Bret Hart over and then a headbutt, which knocks him down to the ground. And then this vicious punch that knocks him back down. And he's, you know, he's crawling desperately so close to tagging Davey boy and the crowd's going nuts. And Bret Hart's just holding on for all of his life to Dynamite's leg. And he's able to reach back and tag in Anvil and Anvil comes sliding in and puts this front face lock on. And then when I watched it again, it looked like Dynamite's nose was bleeding even more after that. Like I think when Anvil slides around and almost dives on top of Dynamite. I think he like smushes his face, you know, into the right. into the canvas because that's when I really because I noticed a little blood and then I noticed a lot of blood. Yeah. So Dynamite's still trying to get you know to the tag with Anvil holding on to him, so it's getting a little too close. So Bret Hart runs across the ring, gives Davy Boy a kick, and this is the sucker chase. So Davy Boy chases Bret Hart, which leads to him chasing Bret Hart. Danny Davis, and Jimmy Hart around the ring in a full circle while Anvil chokes dynamite for the entire time. And Tito's not helping. Tito actually, like, lets them run by. It was like, Tito, you're like, you know, you're like Peter Parker in the, the origin story. It's like the guy's running by with the, you know, the yeah. loot, and you're like, grab him, stop him. That's <laughs> right. He's going to go kill Uncle Ben. Tri- trip him. <laughs> Anything. Anything. So once that stops and they get everyone gets back into their corners, Anvil's biting the damaged nose. And Bret Hart, like, sneaks in this, like, really sneaky forearm from the outside. So Morella takes Anvil away, admonishing him for his, you know, his biting. And that's when you see Bret Hart coming. in. And it's interesting because the crowd really boos it. It's like there's this noticeable, like, Bret Hart pounds dynamite from the outside on the back. And the crowd's like, like, really mad at him for this cheap shot. So this is where Bret Hart ties up Dynamite's arms in the ropes and he's going to give him the finishing blow. So he runs off the ropes, runs the ropes, dives for what I assume was a drop kick, but Dynamite springs out of the way and Bret Hart does what he does best, Crotches himself on the top rope. (laughs) Right,
2: yeah, hung out to dry like so much laundry
3: that's right and it's so great because Jesse says wait a minute the hitman is hurt the referee should maybe take a time out here for let him recover what What?
2: (laughs) time out for uh, being hurt that's
3: hilarious yeah exactly new rules and we get the hot tag and in comes the healthy bulldog Davy Boy Smith and it's interesting because Anvil just comes in and totally just takes over the spot there's no tag but they just totally go from that point on as if Anvil's the legal man but no problem Davy Boy's like oh let's just kick his ass too so Davy Boy comes in with this really neat really cool like drop kick he runs across the ring the full length of the ring jumps in the air it's kind of like a one footed drop kick where he nails Anvil with it really well but he also lands on the other foot like he doesn't it's not a Jim Brunzel go up and crash you know on the mat right. himself it's like jump up in the air kick but then like land all you know agile on your feet god sounds yeah, like
2: uh, karate camp
3: exactly yeah it's really cool so he gets picked up Anvil whips him off the rope runs into him with his reverse elbow Anvil doesn't go down but he's totally stunned from it and then Davy Boy does this Awesome like standing dropkick but it's more the missile dropkick style where he goes like back first you know he just like goes straight up in the air and I actually accidentally paused it at this point and I was like I didn't I didn't realize how high Davey Boy got up in the air like they're standing right beside each other and Davey Boy is like up in the air and like his back and his butt are like basically up at, like anvil's ch- you know chin or something like that like he's like really high in the air it looks super awesome there's another whip off the ropes and this massive running clothesline Jim Knightart takes it like a champ soars through the air Davey Boy gets the two count Davey Boy lets the crowd know he's in charge and he signals for it and yes, he's going to do it. The standing vertical delayed suplex on the big rhino. The big, the big Anvil holds him up there forever. Drops him down. It's really beautiful. Anvil impressively kicks out of it. It's, you know, it's mid-80s here. So, you know, that I would understand if he got pinned off of that. Because that's just the way things went back then. Boy takes a handful of Jim Neidhart's beard. Whips him off against the ropes. But he goes to the well too many times. And he ducks over for that back body drop. And Jim Neidhart kicks him in the face. So, basically, Jim pushes Smith into the corner now, and Brett holds the arms, and Anvil's hammering away, and Jimmy's great here. He's got the megaphone, and you can hear him like, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. He's just like, <laughs> he's just having like an aneurysm out there or something. So, Morella's trying to get them to break up the double team. Dynamite comes in to distract Morella. So, now they're, you know, now the Heart Foundation have Davey Boy at their mercy. So, Bret Hart's holding Davy Boy's arms from the outside into the ropes and Neidhart backs up and he's going to like, he's measuring him for that like knockout blow. So he gets a good lead and then he runs in for the big running forearm. But Davy Boy gets out of the way and Bret Hart takes a huge bump to the outside into the cage, like into the barricade on the outside. He's down and out. Jimmy Hart's checking into him. The ref is still trying to get Dynamite out of the ring. And this is where Danny Davis decides to get up on the apron. But it's a flashback to pre-WrestleMania 3 and the the Dan Spivey Tito match where Davis got up on the apron. So Tito gets in the ring and does that awesome. It's not the flying forearm, but it's the running punch. And it just looks so awesome in the crowd. And Vince McMahon... And myself watching, re- it's that same guttural reaction of just like, yeah, yeah, fucking nail him. And he takes a great bump off the apron and goes down. So that gives us an awesome moment here. Danny
2: Davis in his tuxedo, tail, jacket, referee, striped right. outfit.
3: <laughs> those long joker tails. So Davy Boy immediately clubs Neidhart on the back of the head and Neidhart takes a great bump off it, spins the middle the ring, and Davy Boy staggers back to his corner and points to Dynamite. In comes the tag. Military press... All the way to the sky, to the top of that arena.
2: (laughs) His own partner.
3: His own partner, yeah. He picks up dynamite over his head, and it's perfect timing. Anvil stands up and turns around just in time for dynamite to be launched on top of him. Boom. Big flying body press. Slam. One. Two. Three and the place goes bunkers crazy apeshit. It
2: was um, yeah. The crowd just fucking loses their mind. They were on their feet for pretty much all of this yes, match. Yeah,
3: they were super into it. And this ending is just this explosion of joy and just final retribution that was like so deserved. And 1987 Corey for six seconds. Yeah, is the great. It's the greatest mo- night of wrestling ever. Basically, like I couldn't possibly have enjoyed the WrestleMania two win. As much as I would have enjoyed this. This was just like the top. Well, and you I'm you tell
2: you. For six seconds.
3: For six seconds, <laughs> yeah. For six seconds it's I'm the just journey. Like, I got my champs back. It's like I'm so excited. I'm so happy. All your dreams come true. They all coming true. And the thing is, is that like at the end of WrestleMania 2, Dynamite's injured and laid out on the floor, Davy Boys can't even get up off the canvas. The celebration is Ozzy Osborne and Captain Lou. Right. But this time, it's, fuck, it's the Bulldogs and Tito's with them, and they're just like, yeah. ah, we're the champs, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's It was just amazing,
2: like, incredible it's moment. so good. Well, never mind, 2024, Jeff was like, yeah. I don't understand. I know. <laughs> I had that six seconds of yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like, I, when it's... Hand came down for the three. I was like, What?
3: Yeah. And then when, like, the you know, nobody says anything, I'm he's like, right. What? And, and everybody's sneaky it? with the announcement, eh? Like, Very. Fink's announcement's like, The winner of the fall and two, sh- the winner of the match in two straight falls, the British Bulldogs. And I'm just confused. I'm like, But they didn't win the. So the camera, of course, people have, <laughs> have watched this. Oh. It follows the Hart Foundation over to the timekeeper table and they grab their belts. Yeah. And Jesse starts snickering and he's laughing. Oh. And as a kid, I knew these rules and they made sense, okay? Uh-huh. So. We're going to get into Corey's Corey's rant. <laughs> okay, so this is my problem. I have no problem with the fact that the title didn't change hands because there was a disqualification. That made and, sense. Up well, to that I, point in wrestling, that Vince made sense. And Vince is like, I forgot I all oh, about you're right. That. I forgot exactly. I, he
2: took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it was yeah.
3: like, so perfectly summed up, but I was like, I forgot all about that. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my problem. In 1989 and 1990, two tag teams... In best two out of three falls, win the titles after winning a fall by disqualification, oh. including the Heart Foundation. Oh no! What the fuck? Like they never explain these rules. It's fine to have rules, but like they just—it's just you know—why do they count here and not there? Bullshit! I want it. Cha- I want the record book changed. I want the Bulldogs to be declared two-time champions. <laughs> I grant you that. Yeah. Oh, wow. How bitter. Yeah, I always so years
2: later. Yeah. you see that. Okay, now yeah, it's, it's 80, fine for 80, these guys. Eighty
3: nine, like, is the first time I saw it happen. It was on a Saturday Night event, and there's a tag t- title change. And I remember as soon as there was a DQ win for the challengers, I was like, "Oh, they can't win the belts now. This is the big swerve." Ugh. and then they get the belts, and I'm like, "What the fuck? You know, why doesn't? Why don't these rules yep. apply for my guys?" Yep. <laughs> you years bastards. later, you're
2: still seething. Oh, so mad. And then decades later, still mad. <laughs> right. <laughs> What a match to yeah. get that bulldog love again was yep. a good feeling. Even I mean I was confused, but I'm like, well, for you know, forget it. Just like isn't this fun? Look at the yeah. crowd. Look at the yep. bulldogs
3: here. Look at Tito and like, and oh man, just, if they should like, we've already said this, but I'll say it again. This should have been WrestleMania three. Yeah, even 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 with this even with this you know dusty finish. Imagine that, yes. uh, that that Pontiac Silverdome audience popping. Oh my god. It would have rivaled Steamboat and Savage. Oh for sure. I I, I, I said to this day, say like people love the Steamboat Savage match. It was so great. But I think the emotional investment you know, with the Bulldogs, it was a bit more recent. There was a, there was a, the, the Savage thing was actually dragged out so long because the injury to, to Steamboat was months and months earlier, whereas the Bulldogs, it was only a couple of months before WrestleMania three and they hadn't, you know, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased because of how much I like the Bulldogs, but I think like, a, I, you know, obviously I just would say, Hey, just do the title change. Just give the Bulldogs back the belts, figure something out, give them the belts at WrestleMania three. Doesn't happen. Fine. Then do this, do this at WrestleMania three. Yep. Best two out of three falls. And like and think of the match quality because no one's gonna to go to the WrestleMania three Bulldog six man tag match with Tito against the Heart Foundation and Danny Davis and say, People say it's a fine match, but they're not going to be like, hey, that's one of the best matches of all time. But for that era, it would have been remembered as one of the best matches of all time if they'd done a best two or three falls with, you know, basically what we saw here.
2: Yeah. And it would have just made WrestleMania three all the better.
3: Yeah. I think one of the reasons why the Bulldogs didn't at least get some sort of victory at WrestleMania three was it was the balance, right? Like you've got this, I think it's 12 matches or whatever it is, and you've already got to go down the list. Well, Hogan's got to win. Steamboat's got to win. Piper's got to win. You know, like, and then you see people like Jake and the Bulldogs, they're the good guys that have to take the loss because you can't just have, like, you know, you can't have every match can't be the good guys winning, right? Like, there has to be some balance to the card, and unfortunately for Jake, unfortunately for the Bulldogs, they kind of, you know, end up on the short end of the stick to kind of, you know, balance off the card, but goddammit, I want my Bulldogs WrestleMania three
2: title win. Yeah, it's not fair. They were only one-time champs. When you think about uh, the excitement and uh, their quality of uh, performance, and uh, other teams, that, you know, yeah. it's too
3: bad. And just their impact on the sport, and just the way people like, you know, sort of like idolized them and, and and looked up to them, and and obviously didn't like all their backstage antics and stuff like that, but still can appreciate what they created in the ring, and you know, sort of the it's just so neat. Okay, all right, I'll uh, I'll come down off my. It will perch there, my my soapbox, and we'll continue on with this card.
5: A running start. Here he comes!
1: It. Oh yeah! Look at that! He hit his partner, Bret
5: Hart, down on the floor.
1: Jimmy Hart trying to revive it.
5: Danny Davis up on the other. Look end at it. Chico Santana oh, illegally in the ring. Beautiful Look maneuver. at Chico in that ring, totally illegal, and referee Joey Morello lets him by with it. The tag was made. Look at this. The legal man in the ring. The cover line. Two. Three. Look at this. I don't believe it. I can't
1: believe it. Finally. And it's come back to the British Bulldog. Finally. Once again. Let's go to the ring announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the bout in two straight falls, the British Bulldog. What a here at the University
3: of <laughs> so we're going to hear from Mean Gene and Hulk Hogan.
1: All right, with me at this time, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, successful in his ultimate title defense in WrestleMania 3 against Andre the Giant. Hulkster, I've got to believe that this victory was a little sweeter than most.
5: Well, you know, whenever Hulkamania runs victorious, victories are always sweet. But in front of 93,000 people, the largest indoor crowd in history, Hulkamania was sweeter than ever.
1: You know, Bobby Heen and Ed Andre the Giant have made a number of accusations. As a matter of fact, Andre contends he is still undefeated and that he is indeed the heavyweight champion of the world. I'd like to have you address that a little bit later on. But first of all, Hulk, what was it like to lock up with 525 pound Andre the Giant. Well, you know, it was like the largest, the strongest
5: power in the universe and when I saw Andre the Giant I knew I was up for the ultimate challenge. I knew I was ready to face the weasel, the whole family and especially the
1: power of that nasty giant. Alright, we got comments earlier on from Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan. I'd like to have you take a look at this footage. Here we are at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. 93,000 plus and what are you saying to the Giant? Well, right now I was getting up right in the
5: face, man. I was looking him in the eyes. I saw him tremble. I saw him shake a little bit. And I'm telling him right here, I don't fear you, big man. I don't fear what you stand for. Give me your best shot, Andre. Let's see who the real champion is. And right here, Andre responds, man. Push comes to shove. Push comes to shove. Now it's like trying to take the top off Mount Vesuvius. He wouldn't budge. He wouldn't move. And then when I shot underneath, when I went for the slam, he shifted his weight. Down I went. i I thought for one minute Hulkamania was over. But when I saw that referee with only a two count, I knew what I had to do. I had to rise above. I had to take 93,000 plus Hulkamaniacs to the mountaintop with me, me Mean Gene. And with all that, the psych I had on, and all those Hulkamaniacs, we know what went down in the Silver Dome.
1: It had to be an absolutely brutal battle, but now Hulk Hogan, what about the comments from Heenan and Andre? They say you should be stripped of the title. If not stripped, you should be forced to once again defend against the big Frenchman. Well, they can have
5: an investigation if they want to. I don't care. Check out the footage. If they want a rematch, the Hulk of Maniacs and I, we fear no man or beast. But as far as stripping me of that title, Andre the Giant, you gotta beat me one, two, three. You can't complain to the WWF. You can't complain to all your fans on your side. you got to face Hulkamania in Mean Gene. Now that I've felt the wrath of the Giant, now that I know the Heenan family can't handle Hulkamania,
1: Hulkamania shall live forever long after I'm gone. All right, he is the heavyweight champion of the world, ladies and gentlemen. He is number one, Hulk Hogan.
2: Busy night for our man Hercules because he not only wrestles in a tag team match against Hulk Hogan and Ken Patera with his partner Andre the Giant. He's got he's got a crack at the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defending for the first time. So I've come to realize it's Gary Hart's fault. I didn't realize how tall he was, which is why I never realized that Hercules was a bigger man than say, Paul Orndorff, Billy Jack Haynes and the rest. But he is. he's like much bigger than Paul Orndorff. And I mean, like two inches is a lot or three inches, you know, is quite a bit in this business. And so, it was uh, not until we looked back at Texas that I was like, well, that Gary Hart is really tall. You yeah, know? Yeah. So the pictures of Hercules standing by Gary Hart didn't do Hercules any favor. <laughs> no, you know? no. And I didn't realize what a monster he really is. I mean, I remarked how Randy Savage is not
3: as big as Ricky Steamboat, and Ricky Steamboat is not as big as Hercules. So, yeah, exactly. You know? you know, who else that was for managers Why Slick. Like, that's one of the problems. Slick, he's so tall. Like right. slick is crazy tall, yep. which doesn't help managers. Like you said, they don't. Want, they want little managers to make the guys look bigger.
2: Definitely an angle to that. So the dragon is wearing his full white tights this evening. A collar and elbow results in uh, what Jesse Ventura accurately calls a poor choice by the dragon. He decides to trade blows with yeah, the mighty yeah, Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Not a good so idea. yeah, not a good idea. So Hercules, you know, kind of just pushes him a bit so that he can land a forearm across the, the dragon's back. and The dragon sells it, but responds with a quick chop across the chest. Yeah. And they just do this three times, which has kind of ricky taking the worst of it as That's he right. should yeah, exactly you know and then one more you know they do another <laughs> you know club to the back chop to the chest finally hercules decides that you know a knee to the midsection of the dragon is the way to go is the way to go then he de- delivers another clubbing forearm this time to the small of uh, ricky the dragon steamboat's back which causes ricky to do his whole arcing his shoulders and yeah. flexing and just going kind like, of, ah i'm in so much pain hercules delivers a punch to the dragon's forehead. And then he takes and rams the dragon's head into a top turnbuckle. Steamboat's trying to walk off this early damage. He's hurt. He's clenched up and tensed. And he's uh, trying to shake it off. Hercules delivers another punch to the midsection and the, and an Irish whip. Finally, the agile and acrobatic Ricky Steamboat has an opportunity to use those skills. He does a baseball slide nicely between yeah. the god, demigod's legs. And then he, dro- he stands up quickly to deliver some beautiful drop kicks two of them boom boom and then he starts doing his offense his his strikes he'll do a a chop and then sort of a a a punch to the forehead and then a chop (laughs) hercules begins to reel from the dragon's offense as a matter of fact he hits to the floor and the comfort <laughs> of Bobby the Brain. Heenan, right. Who's got that neck brace on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ricky the and it's funny because when Ricky follows Hernandez leaves Bobby and goes for a walk. Yeah. So Ricky comes out and he does this whole hi to Ricky, to Bobby" <laughs> and Bobby starts going, "Ooh, ow oh, my neck." Ow. Oh, she just points to his brace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Ricky's such a baby-faced good guy. He can't just like he can't just beat know, up the manager. No, not without some provocation first. Exactly, so he yeah. just goes to follow Hercules. <laughs> he catches up with Hercules, gives him a chop. Hits that forehead a few more times and then gives him a, a huge atomic drop outside that Hercules is a great seller. Like, yeah. you know, he's clenching his fists and gritting his teeth, Hercules, from this yeah. big atomic drop that yes, he takes. right, yeah. And, and, you know, Hercules is, you know, my respect and admiration for him grows as I realize how big he was. He, <laughs> so he's doing a wonderful selling.
3: Yeah, he still looks so great here. Like this yeah. whole year 87, he just looks... Perfect, like, you know, mm-hmm. just the best he ever looked.
2: Hercules gets back into the ring. Ricky follows him, hits him a few more times in the forehead, and then gives him a r- reverse elbow. Hercules is in the corner, and he decides to uh, take things into his own hands by grabbing the front of yeah, Ricky's yeah. tights and then kind of falling back as he pulls the front of Ricky's tights Didn't forward. Didn't
3: you trade trademark.com that one? <laughs> Did I? I think you did. Uh, I forget. I forget. forget. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's gonna us, or somebody's gonna have to go back in the archives and figure it
2: out. (laughs) The the drop pull, and so Ricky obliges. um, It might have been like I think Tully did that to Ronnie Garvin. Oh yeah, maybe that's where it's come up so many times. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I might have come up with the name for it, but uh, anyway, so Ricky gets a a drop (laughs) (laughs) pull or whatever we called it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but the, the only upside is that, uh, you know, he cools the boys a little bit. That's, that's right. The, yes, that's <laughs> right. You know, a la Wahoo McDaniel, yes. you know. <laughs> so you a little ventilation as you go careening into the turnbuckle and this stuns Ricky the Dragon and Hercules stands up after this sneaky kid because it's a it's an illegal movement maneuver grabbing somebody's tights to pull them into the turnbuckle Ricky takes the bump before the match began I forgot to mention that this is a very Macho Man heavy episode he 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 was the first person we heard yeah he was in the lumberjack match and now they've also shown us that Macho Man is paying close attention to this match he's watching on a monitor yeah he's dressed in half his wrestling gear but then his classic purple t-shirt which I have yes and then um, the white shades of course tie-dye do-rag that's right and he's watching in the locker yeah. And muttering and really concerned. Sort of that, narrating it, but yeah. more to himself, yeah.
3: <laughs> even though he's on camera. <laughs>
2: and Mean Jean's there too, and so yeah. is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth. yeah. Elizabeth She's giving him a massage, yeah. yeah, trying to relax him. But he's really concerned that Hercules will win the belt. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly. Angle.
3: Yeah, you finally realize that he's not cheering against Steamboat, he's cheering for him.
2: Yeah, this is murky waters. He's he doesn't actually, want
3: anybody else to get the belt. He yeah. wants there to not be like uh, too many p- names in between him and getting the belt back. It's That's like, right. He wants it straight back.
2: So lots of, they cut to his audio and they're like, come on, come on, do better
0: than that, do better than that. Yeah. Keep it for me. Save me that belt and
3: take it. Take it all the way
0: back. So there's a lot of that.
3: This is a strange observation, but it's more just because of the character and the way they portrayed her. So, and and also because of the way they framed the picture, but like some Elizabeth's massaging Randy Savage. And I think she's got like her wedding ring on, which is something it seemed like they had uh, intentionally always left off because it was always supposed to be this vague idea that like, she wasn't his wife. She wasn't his girlfriend. She was like his valet, you know, like, and so this is like the one time where I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Was, did she forget or, you know, or, (laughs) you know.
2: Astute observation, Dr. Watson. (laughs) So they slow down the pace of the match a little bit in the ring. Even physical specimens like Ricky the Dragon and Hercules need to take a little rest, maybe a headlock or something, and, uh, you know, catch their breath. Actually, this wasn't a headlock rest. It was kind of like a sort of a double collision... And yeah. the referee doesn't actually do the 10 count, but they're both taken, you know, they're yeah. both sprawled. And Hercules gets to his feet first, and he starts delivering some really vicious kicks to the dragon's right. head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I mean, but what he does is he jumps into the air so that he can, you know, get that wonderful percussive crash with his left foot yeah. as his right foot makes contact with <laughs> Ricky's head. Yeah. yeah. Right. But he's gotta be so gentle to not be concussing these guys. You yes, know? Right. So uh what a performer. Vicious they this look, you know, insane and, and steamboat's crawling on the mat. Three of these crazy head stomps. And then he, he starts uh you know laying some vicious knees into the back of Ricky's head while Mickey Ricky's on his hands and knees crawling yeah. around. So Hercules is just clobbering him. Um, And you'd think Macho Man's loving that. Exactly. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You know, these these attacks, you know, Ricky's crawling, then he's lying, but then he staggers to his feet and he's clenching his fist, shaking it off, and the crowd is cheering him so he can, you know, clear all the fog and and fight back. Hercules... um, Delivers an Irish whip and a clothesline that is so good because the clothesline he drops to one yeah, knee. Yeah, that's the Hercules special, the one knee clothesline. Oh, yeah. And then the double gun show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. It's so good. And, and it just looks really like it, it's just great. Yeah, the the, the Hercules special. Yeah. yeah. Like, just like you said, wonderful. Meanwhile, Macho Man, save that bill, save that bill. <laughs> and then. We get the Agile. We have a, uh, actually, I'm not sure if he, uh, it doesn't say here, but Hercules is Agile. He can climb up yep. those ropes, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he actually, I think maybe later in the match, we'll see. But anyway, yes. there is an elbow, elbow drop now, which results in a two count, but that's not a big elbow because I don't have it written. No, no. So, uh, but it is a near fall. He picks up the poor battered dragon, Hercules delivers an Irish whip, and he decides he's going to do a sunset flip, which is an opportunity for a reversal of fortunes. And sure so enough. a back body drop. Back yeah. body drop, mm-hmm. I certainly leads, do. Which
3: leads to a sunset flip. <laughs> Often, yeah. But
2: in this case, it leads to a kick in the chest. You're pulling a regular Ken Patera with that phone over there.
3: <laughs> Is that that fucking phone?
2: <laughs> it's a, <laughs> well. Now they've done it. <laughs> you're getting it now. This uh, Ken Patera interview. The phone interrupts him so many times. The fans. I mean, like it's hilarious because like he just says, "Put it in the drawer," and it, you can still hear it. <laughs> it's like what's putting in the drawer and then like he, whatever st- point he's at in the story he stops and glares at somebody he's yeah. like that my fucking phone and it's like the fourth time he says turn the fucking
0: thing off
2: and meanwhile like the, there's comments on the thing if you get five bucks on the screen it's like the phone is getting its own podcast <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah
3: because
2: yeah. <laughs> it's like so many laughs just
3: with the- yeah 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 <laughs>
2: anyway Um, You got to watch Ken Patera drinking beers and telling the Andre the Giant stories about the drinking contest and the the phone interrupts over and over again. Quite right. I wrote down Sunset Flip, but it's a back body drop attempt, yeah. which is an invitation to a Sunset Flip, or in this case, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat takes advantage of uh, a bent over Hercules to kick him in the chest. Yeah. And then Ricky backs up, bounces off the ropes and delivers one of those head strikes, which is kind of like a knuckle sandwich to the forehead. It looks kind of martial arts. Yeah, martial
3: arts, because he flattens out his
2: yeah uh, hand, his palm, and that's his right. knuckles. It's, it's, it looks, that's, that's right, like a Bruce Lee attack. Ricky the Dragon uses a flying mare or a snap mare all the way from the tech. Texas Funk Ranch, and uh, <laughs> and Hercules is on the mat, and, and but he sits up, and then we get. I've got so many, I can't even remember. Chop from up top. The new trademark. I guess since I can't keep track of my trademarks, I'll stop trademarking them. But uh, where Ricky's behind you, you know, you're sitting on your butt and then he he reaches way up to high in the sky and brings down the big coconut splitter. Hercules is selling that beautifully. But Hercules does manage uh, to stand up and while he's on his way up on on one knee, he delivers a good punch to Ricky Steamboats. He's he's always quick, Hercules. So he's able to uh, take the advantage by slugging the dragon in the gut. Then he delivers... Kind of a uh, an uppercut to the throat while he's uh, on his way up. And this staggers the dragon who uh, makes his way. He, he falls down and he gets up and goes into the corner. Hercules goes in to press his advantage. And then Ricky the Dragon comes up and gives him uh, a leg scissors around his neck and then raises one leg and gives him a little bop from up top, which yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah. kind of his calf because, you know, if that's you right. use the bone, it would, might be hard to like pull back. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, but uh, you know, but a kick this um, Hercules sells. He spins 180 yep. and starts staggering around. Ricky the Dragon steamboat will run that short, curly afro head yeah. into a turnbuckle <laughs> on the opposite side of the ring. And then we go right to the roll. No shake, no rattle. Ricky Steamboat gives him a swinging neckbreaker, <laughs> a couple of head chops, and Hercules decides it's time for an eye rake to kill the momentum of the there dragon.
3: That's the Jesse Ventura special.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it's like Ricky, yeah. Ricky, for some reason, decides to do a scarecrow scarecrow impression. He sticks his arm out in the Jesus Christ pose, which I wonder what's going to happen now. Like, invitation to a full Nelson. You've never seen anybody say, please put a full Nelson on me. (laughs) So Ricky turns his back on Hercules and does his impression of the scarecrow in the field. Yes. Jesus Christ pose. And
3: sure enough, Hercules slaps (laughs) on the full Nelson. Ah, yes. The one that he's taken over from uh, Billy Jack Haynes yeah well he's bigger and stronger than Billy Jack Haynes
2: now unfortunately for macho man it looks like this, this may be work, work. <laughs> yeah it' like this might be a title change so he's like Stuff so upset work for me brother <laughs> yeah super sleep free, super free so macho man interferes yeah he he proves must that he's be. actually still there <laughs> yeah ends up in the ring and grabs Hercules ankle and Bobby thehenian furious with macho yeah man. yeah and even Hercules wonders what the hell's going on. So he that's lets right. go of Ricky, and who drops yeah, well, to the he mat? Pulls,
3: he pulls Ricky's leg backwards into the ropes, which sort of would cause the ref to break it, anyways, right? Like a foot it's, in the it's, ropes. Yeah, it's, it's
2: not a, um, but it's also like okay, just, right? Yeah. yeah, he that's right. It's not a violent trip.
3: No, no, but it's
2: the it was enough to break the hole. Good yeah. point. Yeah, he does grab uh, Hercules' ankles, and it's, uh, it's Ricky. I think he grabs Ricky's leg. Okay, well maybe. Yeah. Um... He grabs I Ricky's think so. leg thought the legs he was and pulls holding, it. Okay, the well they, must, they must be wearing the same colored boots without <laughs> yeah, their initials yeah, on them. Because yeah, yeah. either way, yeah. it's enough to uh, break the hole. Yeah. So Hercules submission. comes out and says, like, uh, are you crazy? You know, the yeah, lot yeah. of yelling and Macho Man's pointing and, you know, <laughs> muttering at them. And, like, it's kind of indefensible because, yeah. you know, he might have just cost Hercules the title.
4: Yeah, you yeah know, yeah. But
2: Sounds like these two need to have a match in Philly <laughs> next month. <laughs> love to. And at this point, it's Purple City. Greg Valentine used to call Hercules purplies because of the color of his skin oh, when yeah, he came yeah, back yeah, from, yeah. The, and maybe the color of the lights in the locker room, but right. of all the guys, for some reason, he was the guy who looked the most purple right. after his matches because of the, the mix of his particular muscle enhancements and whatever, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was his rib, was purplies, and Macho Man's in his purple trunks and his yes. purple shirt. <laughs> so it's Purple City, which is uh, also, uh, there's a neighborhood in Winnipeg where all the lamps are yellow. So the contrasting, like everything kind of looks purple, you right. know, when when you have these yellow lamps. The TV ad breaks up the action a little bit. After some poses, I guess uh, Hercules decides to show the macho man by climbing the top how, rope. How, to, how you do it? That's right. <laughs> So this much huger man goes up to the top rope to deliver what, at one point, I think, is he going to drop an elbow? Right. But this is, it's definitely not a botch, but it doesn't look like Hercules is going to do anything except yeah, for jump onto the it's double something knee. a little
3: closer to a body splash, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, Body splash by somebody who knows it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And I guess Hercules is so big that he didn't want to... Just <laughs> land on him. Yeah, so he lands on
2: his feet, double yeah. knees, you know, yeah. sells it great. And certainly for the uh, seven months we've been doing this show, now Hercules delivers the best body slam I think oh, I've ever yeah, seen. yeah, yeah, It could be the best body slam I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the a way, really good one. Yeah. Is the way he picks them up and, like... Rotates them. He doesn't drop them. Yeah. He, like, puts them, you know, into the basement with this. He, like, just paints the mat with Steamboat. It, yeah. like, looks so good. Like... So so easily, it almost looks like at one point, I mean, like like Hercules picks up Ricky and Ricky catches air, and all yeah, steambo- yeah. and all Hercules has got to do is just like you rotate. know give him, give him a little rotate, yeah. you know, and then you know meanwhile now now like he's his upward momentum stop, he's hovering in midair for a second, yeah. and he would just drop on his own, except for Hercules gets in there and then like you know puts some yeah. one eighty so that his back's gonna hit the mat, yeah, and then he finishes it like he goes if, if Ricky was coming down at sixty clicks, yeah, Hercules gets in there's like no now it's 100 <laughs> boom like so good yeah i just it like yeah it's not a lazy body slam i've never that could be a finisher the way that like it just for just and it's not a power slam it's yeah, not exactly, a running yeah. it's just a wow so good
3: powerful slam
2: a powerful wow. slam Miracle violence slam. <laughs> Hercules, couple of steps back to lean against those ropes, get a little more momentum, stomps over and delivers a big elbow drop, but Ricky saves his life and his title and <laughs> rolls out of the way and begins to recover. Ricky manages to his feet and Hercules, after also returning to his feet, charges into the corner, probably looking for a shoulder tackle or something to splash and or crush Ricky the Dragon's steamboat, but he has enough uh, presence of mind to sidestep the charging, the 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 Greek demigod. <laughs> and Hercules crashes into the turnbuckle. His target is out of the way. Now, Ricky decides to target his ribs. He begins to get one of those big meaty arms out of the way and starts chopping and punching the short ribs of Hercules on his side and really focuses his attack. I don't really recognize this strategy, but right. it's commented on. Hercules is, is standing off balance from these, these chops to the ribs. Ricky's giving him some of his Double chops as well. He's, he's got lots of martial art moves where he looks, he's using knife edge, you know, his, uh, the edge of his hands. Ricky whips Hercules into the corner. Hercules charges in, but does the 180 spin so that he takes the turnbuckle bump to the back and then staggers out. So now we have the momentum. And Ricky does a uh, another big chop to the chest. Hercules falls to the mat. The and big, now... The big
3: follow through. Right.
2: <laughs> now Ricky's doing some flexing. And then he makes what looks like like Hogan saying, I'm gonna slam Andre. Uh, Ricky does that, and I'm like, I don't know, why why that now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead, what we get is something that like is reminiscent of a Muta springboard elbow, but not nearly as cool. Ricky's looking at him from his left, and then he he does a turning turn the other way and look at him and chop him. And I'm like, okay. A
3: little little
2: spin. (laughs) Little kernels of an idea of like a you know, I mean, that's one of my favorite moves of all wrestling. Muta's springboard. Elbow, yes, the spring uh, yeah, back elbow, so yeah, so cool. I Car- mean, cartwheel,
3: like, high spring, back elbow.
2: Yeah, I mean, and all the other guys got to do is like wait for it yeah, in, exactly. the, in the corner.
3: Um, so this looks like you know the germ of an idea, or something yeah, really yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. but it's actually
2: pretty weak and effective. This is like,
3: this is 30 years before the somersault into a clothesline. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and thankfully, I don't remember seeing it again where like, I see you from my left and I see you from my right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so karate moves and he strikes Her- Her- He strikes Hercules in the head again and then Ricky decides to go up to Brett's rope, feet on the second rope, butt on the top turnbuckle and Macho Man is like, that's it, yeah. Keep the
0: winner. Keep it up. Keep the momentum going. He's cheering on Ricky Steamboat yeah, from the,
3: like sort of ringside. He's backed off, but he's still in the air. You can hear him. Yeah. yeah, he's not on the mic anymore. He's yeah. just shouting it. Yeah, you know, because
2: who else is going to be saying that? So and Ricky's punching Hercules while he's up there. One, two. Three, but then Hercules, the uh, physics of it allows, he uh, ends up grabbing Ricky Steamboat and now Steamboat is prime position for a reverse atomic drop or a spine buster. This is a
3: devastating reverse atomic drop. Yeah, but fortunately Ricky takes it on his upper thigh. He does, but I think the thing that makes it look so great is that normally an atomic drop... Touch the mat. Exactly. Normal atomic, reverse atomic drop. The guy lifts him, drives him down onto his feet. (laughs) On his feet. (laughs) Which sometimes is a way to block it. And otherwise, is the way you take it. It kind of looks the same. But this one, Hercules sort of tucks Steamboat's feet, his legs into him. So they're not touching the ground at all. So the the impact is from Hercules directly onto him and no no feet landing. So yeah, it looks deadly.
2: Yes. So this is like a... a Awesome match Yeah Unfortunately uh, Now we're going home Because
3: uh, (laughs) For no reason (laughs) Yeah
2: Bobby throws a chain in Yeah
3: it makes no sense You want to win the the title Or what Yeah No wonder
2: you hardly Had any titles Yeah It's a bad choice It's too bad Because it it, it doesn't Make any sense Yeah And it it, means They should have
3: done this After the match They should have just let Ricky win the match And then maybe Bring the chain out Or something Yeah so Very poor
2: choice Hercules proceeds To wrap this chain around Ricky the dragon's neck And what do you think Is going to happen It's 1985 again and ricky steamboat's back to getting punished <laughs> The steamboat special naturally uh there's a disqualification duh
3: yeah and, and it's a bit clumsy actually when they put the chain around his neck and swing him around the chain comes off and you you catch ricky like he has to fight with the chain to get it back around his you know his neck otherwise it's gonna come off you know <laughs> like, he's like, right he's gonna choke himself <laughs> i didn't catch that little
2: detail yeah. so we have uh but you know Looks nasty, you know, yeah. it's like the belt, it's like the yep. bell, it's like everything. First, you know, he's got one, he's, Hercules is standing, and, uh, oh, by, by the way, uh, um, McMahon let a Hernandez slip during the match. Ah, yes. Yes, he did. Hernandez! Yeah. Uh, and I went back and listened to it, I was like, confirmed. So I don't think I ever saw it written down, Hernandez, like it would always be, if you ever saw Chiron or anything, you would Yeah, get-
3: well, 86, he was, he was. they would announce him as Hercules Hernandez, like when Slick, you know, was okay. like before he got sold to... To Bobby, oh. but you're right, at some point they kind of just dropped the Hernandez. But
2: standing while you know Ricky's on his uh, basically on his gut and uh, you know, just pulling back, and poor Ricky's you know, giving that suffering face that he's yeah. got so well, and then he starts doing like a camel clutch chain choke, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah, experimenting with new ways to choke a man with a chain, yeah, that's right. And people are like, you know, yelling at Macho Man, save him, save yeah, him, exactly. And Macho Man's wavering, you yeah. know, but what should just, I do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will he, won't he. Eventually, they give up beating on Ricky. No George Animal steal to save Ricky. That's right, yeah. No friends in yeah, the yeah, back. I, I just, yeah, I didn't think of that. George, what the hell? Yeah. Damn you, George. So, <laughs> you know, Her- Hercules comes out and they're celebrating because they, they uh, have left Ricky laying. Yes. He flicks sweat at Macho that's Man. That's right, yeah. That's right And, I that you know, you know uh, chirps him. And they leave, so now Macho Man is doing this strange, like he's looking after Dragon, like he goes in there and making sure he's okay? Or yeah, what? yeah, and yeah, the, it's very sneaky. The commentator's like, well, I don't even understand, why and would the crowd cheering for him a bit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. And, uh, and then it's the last gasp of our beloved intercontinental heel Macho
3: Man, Randy Savage. He climbs to the top rope yeah. and gives him a big elbow. Wait, he, he fakes out Heppner. He pretends like he's leaving one side of the ring and goes behind Ebner's back and runs to the far corner and then Hebner does it perfectly where he like, he looks around and he looks to the wrong corner and then while he's looking <laughs> over the wrong shoulder, Ricky St- Randy Savage comes off the top rope and remember, it's, Hero Hepner is this is the ref that was like you know protected Steamboat when the when Savage is using the bell on him like on the throat right, right. so like it's like Hepner couldn't you know he couldn't do his job this time the way he did that time like yeah. <laughs>
2: he, he was gullible <laughs> so what a great weaselly cowardly low down thing yeah. to do to, to attack the guy when he's been yeah, choked yeah, with a yeah. chain this I, is- Great. I know
3: I know. in the host show results, I've seen up to this point, Steamboat and Savage are fighting a lot in the host shows. What I'm hoping is that sometime over the summer before Steamboat, before Savage makes his twist, is that, you know, either a New York, a Boston, a Philly, or wherever, that will find a, a match. Because of what that's what I want to watch is champion Steamboat defend against challenger Savage. Because we've never, you know, I've seen lots of matches between the two, but that's when Savage was the champ basically for the most part. Right. So indeed. Yeah. So that was a
2: very exciting match, you know? Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to talk moves. about
3: the placement on the card though, because I feel like this is a lessening of WrestleMania three, the intercontinental championship gets to the highest of heights that it ever could possibly be. You know, anointed is the greatest match of all time steals the show, uh, you know, workers belt, all these things we talk about, about the intercontinental championship. It's such a high peak. And the way it was portrayed when Savage was the champ, but think back to when Tito was the champ and his one lone Saturday Night's Main Event title defense as champ. He was kind of an afterthought. Like they squished it in near you know, second last match of the card. Uh, even though it was against Savage, they were kind of like just it was kind of you know, and, and Tito didn't even get his entrance. And so no, no, exactly. Tito was didn't get to talk. Got no
2: entrance. Yeah. But- and so
3: here I kind of feel like if they were like, I at, at this point is Ricky already talking to them about leaving, like about taking time off, like is are they already? You know, is the, is the, is the blue Morty off the rose here? Because you would think when you don't have a main event for this card, that the title match maybe should have been opening the card instead of Jake and Kamala. Like why is Jake and Kamala the, you know, and not to say the Saturday Nightmare events event is a hundred percent first match isn't always the main event people. It depends. You got to look at the card and <laughs> you got to figure it out. It's usually the first match, but sometimes it's the second or third kind of depends on where Hogan is usually, but because Hogan's not wrestling, that spot was open. And when you think of the matches that aren't, you got two title matches, a lumberjack match, and then this this sort of random encounter between Jake and Kamala, and then to see it listed that that's kind of the the secondary main event behind the the, the non aired main event that was Hogan Andre slash tag team match with Patera and Hercules. So it is disappointing to see the way they portrayed you know the position of this of this match in this card. Even though the match itself was good, it was fun. It had a great story. You know, it was building up to these like you know continued feud between Macho Man and Steamboat. That's all awesome, but I just think like. It kind of felt like, wait a minute. like this is sort of disrespectful to the to the belt and to and to the story that had been built through WrestleMania three.
2: Those are all valid points, and I agree the IC belt match should have um had more viewers if you go by the idea that you're losing viewers every half hour segment that goes by. That's right, yeah, for sure. absolutely. So, uh, you, yeah, maybe maybe they were just uh, downplaying Ricky already. Because yeah. this is, you know, we all know what happens next. Yeah, I mean, not, that,
3: it's only yeah, it's only a month and a bit, and then bang. So <laughs> right, the next uh, Saturday night's main event. Savage, well, that's long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't even. It's early summer when uh, when things fall apart for the dragon. Okay, we have one more match that aired on TV, and we're going to that now. So the fifth match usually is reserved for a slot where maybe we have a match that's a bit lesser, something that's maybe not quite as good on the card, kind of almost a squash match in some cases. I wouldn't say this is it at all, but what this match is, it's like a different focus. The match isn't about the match. The match is about Duggan. Really promoting Duggan and bringing, yeah. making Duggan shine, and they just happen to have two good tag teams, and they, the, thankfully it's like, hey, this is our introduction to the Can-Am Connection. Uh, basically, our goodbye to Sheik. You know, in 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 this form, you know, he comes back way later. But this is as far as I know. Definitely his last Siren Swain event. So it's like, you know, that's good that they're on the card. But it, it, it is they they do they show their cards early and you know that like basically the whole point of the match is like is the fifth wrestler who's not on either team and what he, what he cares about. So anyways. He's not even on the card. Exactly. And he's already been kicked out of the building because of the uh, lumberjack match. If we remember, yeah. he was escorted from the building. So he's, you know, he's been kicked out. So the, there you go. So this whole section starts off with Mean Gene doing a ringside interview with a Jim Duggan who's now gone and bought a ticket after being kicked out. And it's like, there's only two problems with this story. One How did he get a front row seat after the show had restarted? And two. There's some scalper in a dumpster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And secondly. Some commie scalper. Some commie scalper. (laughs) It's out there. I'm like, he's holding what amounts to a beer ticket for like, you know, his ticket to get into the thing. If you look at it, he's holding one of those little like printed, you know, rip off strip tickets. Yeah. Like that's his ticket to get that a seat. Like, ticket, you know, the, numbers. Really? <laughs> the, the box office couldn't print off a fake ticket for him. Like, what is that? I didn't investigate that closely. <laughs> it just took out. I thought it was really funny. So anyways, he's ringside. He's just promoting what he's there for. And he's not going to let Nikolai sing his song and just, you know, saying all this patriotic well, stuff. Well, have heard that before. Of course. Yes. And Nikolai always finds a way around it. He's a skilled man. Skilled singer. <laughs> so the Can-Am connection come out first, like massive cheers. You know, again, we talked about already, but like no music, which is sort of striking, right? Because they know how powerful music is and you're trying to push these baby good looking guys. And it's just yeah. like, you know, you know how much music would <laughs> would help you here. I'm not sure why they're not doing it, but yeah, they come out to no music, but a great pop. And then we come up with the... Uh, Pre-recorded heel interview, so they told and they transition into their entrance. So it's one of these like inset. It starts off as an interview that like fades into an, an inset, and of course, it's more about slick talking for his guys. Unfortunately, we don't get we don't get her babies. Like you know, like know. she and Volkov just stand there, and it's just like ah, like let them say one line each, uh, like five seconds. Come on, I know, because he talks for a while. And <laughs> yeah, only slick. Exactly, and it's, it's you know his shtick is to... is good and everything, and he's he gets into this whole like the political side of it. It's like. I will stand with my men to fight for the rights of the party. the Communist Party. This <laughs> is, you know, loaded for loaded for 1987 for sure. So they, at this point, of course, they're in the ring because they came through while they're doing this promo. They were walking into the ring. They're in the ring, and they announce now. That Volkov's gonna sing a song, and of course the camera's frame where Duggan's like not paying attention, but like a dog, his ears his ears perk up like he hears something about much. So then he stands up and looks at the crowd like, should I do something? And of course times it to run in the ring as soon as Volkov gets off the first few beautiful notes of his song. Uh, so the heel scramble, but Duggan like I think he like swings too early, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm really hitting Nikolai because he basically the only thing protecting Nikolai is the flag. And the flag's not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. It does appear to clip them right on a the A little top. bit more. They usually try to go for the wild swing where they kind of miss, but so violently swing that it's like, ooh, you really would have got them. You know? Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. Obviously, Vol- Volkov doesn't get knocked out. You know, yeah, he he, uh, he plays it up and it does look like kind of a, a botch because you just, however, this is part of the business. There will be a, occasions where you do take a, a bump yeah. yeah, or a scratch. Yeah, for sure.
3: Or a a brick or a two by four. So Jesse, of course, has to you know play his angle and uh, says that you know he this man has every right. Land of the Free he has every right to sing a song. So I just love uh, Jesse's takes on all this stuff. We get the Chirons. So Sheik and Volkoff. You know we've seen them individually, but here in and they're it's like the crossed flags and there's like the boot. And the sickle, and they have, like, you know, that's their that's their Chiron. The canon connection is just their name, basically. It's pretty simple, but fun stuff. So anyways, they get into the match, and Martel jumps Volkov, and he's, like, Volkov's the much larger man, so he's completely overpowered really immediately. And there's, like, a corner whip, and that leads to Martel using one of those great, he goes into the corner and like flies him, throws himself into the air and the charging Nikolai comes underneath. I was wondering what the technical name for that move is. You know, there is. is, there is, I guarantee you there's a specific name for it. I just haven't heard, I, I haven't seen anybody do it in a recent match and I haven't heard it in so long that it's, right. yeah, it's, it's well, just it's, debating it, me. It,
2: it is, it's very graceful, very yeah. athletic, but I mean, so, you know, Martel's got his back to yeah, Nikolai, course, yeah. but he, either they worked it out or course, he can yeah. hear him <laughs> thundering yeah. towards him. Yeah. So he's got, you know, his Left and his right hand, or holding the top rope, and then he jumps up, kind of like you handstand know, almost, you know, like a little if bit you to will, spring himself. Or yeah, I mean, but it's kind of, I mean, like you know the way some kitchen garbage cans—you put your foot on the pedal and the lid yeah, opens yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because there's a hinge, right? Yeah, so his hands sure. are the hinge. Yeah. His feet go way up into the air right. and in the sky, and absolutely Nikolai runs underneath Martel. Yeah, now. yeah. And then he, he, when he comes back down, he does a full. Like backwards cool. somersault yeah. as well before he gets up and is a drop kick after that beautiful
3: drop kick yeah oh, and then he's hopping and yeah and it's, it is great but the thing is, is when Volkov comes in you can't miss the yeah. or like when he misses of course because he charges himself into the corner eats the drop kick gets up eats another beautiful drop kick and Rick Martel's like the wind up doll because like, he's you know he's he's bouncing and happy yeah. and like you know doing his whole shtick it's pretty funny
2: and he's got Rick Martel Jr. there to he does <laughs> <just> <laughs> the same kind of <laughs> celebrating you know yeah, exactly they're waving their arms and so yeah great opening spot.
3: Yeah, and then you get this weird, uh, like the high five non tag between partners. Like he goes over after the, dro- oh, the right. second drop kick and gives like a big tag, but Does then it, just keeps wrestling. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know what?
2: I, I got, was caught up in the moment. I didn't <laughs> yeah. think about the technical aspects. Of yeah. It. So the and camera- Jesse Where's Jesse on that? Wait a
3: minute. Yeah, we yeah. Got had the had illegal a- man here in yeah. the ring. That's right. Yeah, Jesse didn't say too much about that one. So they uh, this bad editing. They show Duggan and you miss. You hear the thundering. You you hear the percussive noise of the ring. You know something's going on, but you can't see it. And basically she she comes in after these drop kicks and he's been tagged in we assume but he you know when you come back He's in the middle of going over top of a drop down, underneath a leapfrog, and then now you're really seeing it, and he's coming off the ropes and it's the double hip toss and it's really high. Like he's super high like a super high rotation, like straight over back bump for Shiki. So that's like, you know, that's a pretty cool move, but you miss half of it <laughs> because we were looking at Duggan for some reason. It was like
2: Yeah, too much focus on Duggan in yeah. general, and in this particular case, yeah, nice move. We don't get a look a very good look at it. Yeah. But what we do get is we get Shiki suplex school.
3: Oh yeah, I've got him noted because there's like yeah, he basically he he leaves out my favorite. There's no belly to back. There's no shiki. No the, the no real real shiki suplex. But <laughs> he does every other one. Not every yeah. other one, but he does the pop. He does a popular list of of suplexes in one match. So that that yeah. is you know That's as much least. as this as much as they did afterthought of the match. It's great that the Can Am Connection was like yeah fuck it let's just like let's just go through the list of you know because it wasn't common for, you know in a match in 1987 always, to see, you know, five, six, seven moves like that in one match.
2: Yeah, for all his heel antics, the Iron Sheik had a lot of wrestling moves. That's right,
3: yeah, yeah. He comes in, they don't really, I guess probably earlier in his career, I believe, like pre-world title and around that time, they really pushed his scientific background. But by the time you get to like the rock and wrestling, it's more just like pushing the fact that he's like cartoon character villain, basically, like they're more focused on that. And being an Olympic wrestler doesn't really, you know, (laughs) support that as much, so... So there's more awkward high fives after all this great Can-Am connection action and stuff like that. But the heels, you know, like we said, we got to set it up. We got to get to all these great slams. So like the loaded boot finds Zink. He gets too excited. He tries to get an Irish whip on the Sheik. Gets a boot. A thwarted back body drop. That's right, of course. And that's where we're going to now see the beatdown is coming. Yeah. Finally,
2: a team I want to get beaten up by the Sheik in Volkop, as opposed to my Bulldogs. (laughs) Like, God damn it, you know? Anyway... Good. (laughs) Well, I mean, not entirely, but, uh, uh, you know, because we're huge Rick Martel fans. Of course. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I I think they were like, the can connection felt like they were being pushed, like that they were being positioned to be you know something big so like right well more I, on that let's finish yeah.
2: the match and i'll give you my my uh cool. okay, yeah. thoughts
3: on can-am connection yeah okay so Sheik rams zinc into like Volkov's boot from the apron and there's you know turnbuckle and then Sheik hits the side gut wrench suplex yep so it looks really good Sheik always had a good version of it the other guys you know had their own takes on it and probably did a little better but Sheik's was good and that's where jesse says there isn't anybody who does suplexes better and we get a variety of them in this match. It's like so great. Like, it's yep. like Jeff said, it's just, everything's coming up. So now we get a vertical suplex for another cover attempt. And Volkov's in with his punches and, kick and kicks and stuff like that. And he's just screeching as he stomps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Beppo the Mongolian. Yeah. Mongol.
3: He takes back in the chic and now we get the belly to belly suplex. Yeah, you know? it's great. Yeah. All this clean, scientific, great moves. It's so another two count. Uh, now we get the abdominal stretch, and Jesse because Gorilla Monsoon's not there, Jesse's got to come in with the tagline that like the calf's not hooked, and that's why right. you know.
2: And Cheeky's got the perfect footwear for like exactly the, the unbreakable <laughs> exactly. abdominal stretch, right? When when yeah. that foot is hooked in, yeah, yeah, it's no really problem. hooked in. <laughs> But no, guess what happens? Whereas
3: so we get a hip toss. with Well, yeah. I, and also he lets go. She, yeah, he's he like, does. He's, yeah, like he's tired
2: bit. and then he's just like, all right, let's he do this or just, something. Yeah. You know, like, he kind of
3: positions his legs so he's easier to hip toss.
2: He yeah. unclasps his hands, which is, yeah. you know, invitation for that hip toss.
3: Yeah. So, But it's not enough to get Zinc like all the way out of trouble. And Sheik is, from there, gets a clothesline and just, oh, a great clothesline. Like, it just looks devastating. It's really good. Some of Sheik's clotheslines don't, like, don't look anywhere near this good. It's not something he hit consistently well. But this one is just beautiful. And especially, I think, the the camera angle was awesome. And then, of course, we get the follow-up, the spit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's a... Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So here we go. Here's where Zink is tossed out inside in front of Duggan. He's tossed out of the ring, right in front of Duggan. And immediately, Volkov's over, stomping on him. And again, the editing's bad here. They're showing... Well, they're showing Duggan being upset, but all of a sudden we... we Cut back to the ring, and Martel is somehow getting beaten up by the Sheik in the ring. Like he was totally healthy on the apron; he's never been touched, and all of a sudden he's getting beaten up, and he gets tossed out. We don't even see him take any blows, and he's getting tossed out of the ring. And he's and, out. And then he's just like on the ground, beaten up, like yeah. he's been like you know, like mm-hmm. like hard attacked. Is like what the hell? Like, that was not so good. Did the Sheik have a billy club? We weren't looking, and clubbed him over the head. Like
2: I, I agree, I didn't like that. I was like that, uh, you know, it, uh, too much uh, Duggan build. Yeah, because it's, it's,
3: it's all yeah, it's all it's all going to be about Duggan here. So so Duggan's like. Basically over the barricade at this point, trying to get at Volkov and Nikolai actually takes a big swing at him, leaning over the barricade, almost over. I thought I said almost. Yeah, he's like he's tilted. He's almost over the barricade because he's like he's he's reaching so far. Yeah, Yeah. go on, carry on, carry on. (laughs) Because
2: I mean, he's he's about to go over the barricade. Of
3: course, yeah. So Nikolai takes this big swipe at him, doesn't really connect very well, and that's when Duggan decides once again to clear the barricade. And for a man who's already been ejected this evening, it's like, where's the security? (laughs) There's nobody in his way. He just gets in. I think this the fix is in. He's right. He just charges into the rings. There's another WrestleMania three moment here of Duggan, just like I'm here to help you, and I'm gonna get you. In what trouble. happened?
2: Remind me of WrestleMania three and Duggan.
3: Uh, he gets the Beast disqualified, like right away. It's like you know, it's like the match doesn't even happen. Like Duggan, obviously in against the these commies. Go- yeah, exactly. Yeah, they get a nice late spot on the card. They're one of the last three, four matches. They're really? Right, yeah, they're right in at the end. Wow. Yeah. you know
2: I, I didn't. We didn't review WrestleMania three, so yeah. I watched the OSW yeah. WrestleMania three review, but I was like. Just chewing them up and spitting them out at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, I was yeah. enjoying them, but yeah. nothing. But a lot of things didn't stick with me.
3: Right, of course, yeah.
2: Oh, there's so many matches that I forgot, that I was like, really, that was on the card?
3: That was on the card? Wow. <laughs> so anyway, so Duggan charges into the ring, and in this chaos, Martel rolls up the Sheik from behind into a three count. And <laughs> it's like, uh, Jesse's like super awesome. I gotta plug it. In. I'll plug it in here too. But he's just like, he's so outraged, and then he's like, and he's been complaining all night about Joey Morella, and this is because Joey's the ref. And he's allowing this to take place. And he's like, Joey Morella. Like, he just seems so indignant.
2: Yep. The <laughs> so source the whole, of all the problems. Yeah, in the So, how could the ref
3: count when an illegal wrestler's in the ring with a board?
2: <laughs> like, yeah. You
3: know, like, Weird. why is he doing a three count when there's like a fifth person with an object? Like, what is
2: it? Oh, supervising,
3: <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, just at doing this some renos,
2: you know? We're, <laughs>
3: we're, <laughs> we're, we're building a new level here in yeah. the ring. But this part, I actually kind of like the ending here a little bit. So, The heels of the jump Duggan... Yeah. And he totally deserves it. But he was, did a really
2: dumb to get, yes. They, uh, however, in order for that to happen, yeah. your winning heroes, uninjured particularly, are yeah. celebrating on the ground. Yes, and, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, in their not even standing, cheering. Like, <laughs> one, you know, I think one of them is still hurt, right? Zink or whatever. Zink is still yes. hurt. Yeah. So Martell just goes out there to yeah. comfort him. Yeah. And the crowd, the audience can't even see the Can connection. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so Duggan gets into the ring and he's looking down. you know, and it takes them about 10 seconds, which is like a yeah. year, you know, in that yeah, sort yeah. of why. And eventually the heels, but it just seems yeah. awkward it, timing. So
3: anyways, once they get in, I love it because Sheik and Volkov come in. They, they attack him from behind a little bit. They got him in the corner. They're beating him. And then Slick comes in and he starts going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Slick's like, Slick. I think Slick gets a bit of the rip on the shirt on him. Yep. And Slick's punching him several times. Slick wasn't ever that physical. So that was, it was really fun to watch him punch.
2: When you mess a guy's shirt up, he looks beat up. You right. All you got to do is tear up his shirt. Yeah. And he looks like you really got him, <laughs> you know. So they're tearing up Mike and Duggan's shirt. And That's they, right, and
3: they toss him out. Yeah. So D- and Duggan basically falls through the ropes as he's yeah. getting beaten up.
2: So he falls down, and Shiki gets his triumphant swan song. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cheering. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, posing. He's,
3: he's in the ring. He's yeah. in the ring, posing it up. Yeah. It's pretty great. So Duggan gets up and collects himself and his board and the Can-Am connection. And they recover. And the heels charge back into the ring and chase uh, off the bad guys. The faces.
2: And you said heels. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So the, the we knew yeah. you man. We knew the you faces mean. get in and chase off the heels exactly, and uh, yeah, that's the way. <laughs> that's yeah, the way they go out.
2: Yeah, well, I you know had some laughs and I'm glad that uh, Shiki got to look so good in his last match cuz he Yeah, did. only got a couple punches and kicks and stomps yeah. and he didn't really do any of his moves or it's kind of weird. Cuz we know that that you know Shiki baby's he's doing the job for people. He you know he gave uh, Piper 3 count yeah. he, and uh we he knows where he's at at the company right now and uh I mean, that's why we were sort of surprised to see him kick so much bulldog ass with yeah. Volkov. Because I right. mean, on on the main events, you know, Sheik is was um, was clear that he he wasn't going to get the world title back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I like the fact that uh, he you know was he remained this Olympic suplex machine right to the end, and he looked great in this match. Also, but let's talk about the Can-Am. Yeah. So. You had told me that Rick Martel was very kind. and and you know, he wouldn't call people out and shoot interviews. I,
3: I watched so I have one long like two and a half hour shoot interview to to uh, go by. Right. And in that one, basically, I would say for the most part, he was really always defaulted to being nice about right. people. He The only thing and he wasn't crazy he wasn't super over the top angry or anything like that. But the only person he did allow himself to sort of complain about was was Zink.
2: Yeah, well, I heard you know an interview. I wonder if it was the same one, but he wasn't really holding back, yeah. particularly. Yeah, uh, you know this fucking asshole. You know he was letting Zank have yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the uh, story is is that uh, among other things, the W.F. at one point enacted a dress code, and Tom Zank couldn't be bothered. So you right. know. Uh, basically Rick Martel's like, what are you doing, man? Like I've done a lot of things for you. You know, we get the, there, Vince had a policy of paying tag teams the same, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Rick Martel had been stung by talking about pay in his earlier career. So yeah. he wouldn't, he kind of, he said, well, maybe it's my fault, you know, cause I wouldn't talk about what I was getting paid. I would only say if I was happy, but all the boys, if they knew what people were getting paid, they'd rib. And you know, so discord, you know, the bulldogs of Mr. Perfect, you know, are a part of like how yeah. nails went after McMahon is because people were saying, like, Boss man's getting so much more than you." And yeah. So Martel wouldn't tell Zink what he was making, but as far as we know, it was the same. Anyway, Zink's attitude sucked. And he basically, you know, started causing trouble and and Rick was like, come on, man, there's a big push for us, you know, we're going to get the belts, there's going to be merchandising and like the road is paved in gold. You know, Tom Zank basically, he just, after he got a dressing down from Martel, like, what are you doing? Tom was like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here." And yeah. so Martel was uh, left picking up the pieces. Of course, we are, it's good news for us because yeah. it gave Tito one last, you know, moment in the in the sun. Yeah,
3: he's got a couple afterwards too. But I, your point well taken. Like this is this is before any real damage has been done to Tito. Like. Yeah.
2: Right, I mean, he has a terrible record at WrestleMania. Of course, yes. However, that doesn't tell the whole story because he's still a main eventer. You know, at Wrestle during WrestleMania, this he's like he's a main eventer. You know, yeah, coming out of
3: WrestleMania One, like him and Valentine sellout headline. That's right. Tour, you know, like well, Hogan was off
2: headlining somewhere else. So um, I don't have any sympathy now for Tom Zink. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, at least his wrestling career. He made his choices, and I uh, didn't yeah. particularly show a lot of gratitude. Yeah, to Rick Martel. I, guess,
3: I think there's a lot more people out there sort of concurring with the uh, you know the assessment of. The way Zinc handled his business, and that's why his career went the way it did.
2: Yeah. So uh, I was excited at the time for the Can Am connection, but uh, we got to keep the best parts of it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he moved on to, uh, you know, Strike Force, and that's okay with me. Yep.
5: The two by four and Joey Morella There he is, Joey Morella That same referee again, and he's gonna get the rim to the Can-Am Connection. This is an atrocity.
3: Okay, that's. They just come back after the usual wrap-up stuff. You know, they go to commercial. They come back. Go to commercial. And we get the McMahon, and I uh, love it. Jesse's flexing a lot, and in, in this going, you know, as they go home, and they, I can't remember. They talk about a few things. I think they Jesse gets in another barb about the the non titles transfer because of the DQ. McMahon, I think, you know, says they're going to win it, so they're going to win it sometime in the future. He he proclaims. Oh, promises bad, were made. Too bad he
2: didn't follow through with that. Uh, no, I always wanted another title reign for the Bulldogs. I and uh, you know McMahon, that's that's particularly bitter for he's the guy that. Didn't make it happen <laughs> for him to say that. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: All right. That leaves one match left on the card.
2: Right. So <laughs> Hogan and Ken Patera defeated Andre and Hercules, but we don't know how that happened. We're pretty sure that uh, everybody here wrestled everybody else. I don't know when Hercules would have wrestled Andre. It, it, maybe not. That's one exception. Otherwise, every wrestler is squared off against every other wrestler. Yeah. I got some spots that I want to... Basically, I'm going to imagine that I was the booker. And I'm like, okay, guys, here's what you got to do. Now, Hogan's going to store his ego for the night. And maybe, you know, that's why it's not on TV. Hogan, right. you know, this is... Uh, you had your pinfall over Andre. Like, yeah. the biggest thing ever, you know, did the job for you at WrestleMania. Yeah. So tonight's not your night, Terry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, so Hogan who knows how he reacts to that but anyway among the spots that i want to see and, and you know there's a lot of factors that we got to put on the table you, you know things that we uh, we know that are off the table so hogan's not going to uh get a clean one two three because you know he's probably got that in his contract or something like yeah, you know yeah. i'm not uh i'm not you know taking the clean loss or if he had any creative control that's be like like that's what i'm not doing you know yeah we know that Shortly, Andre will win the title from Hogan. Tainted as it is, the uh, the twin brother Hebner referee scandal. That's that's in the cards in that's the future. Right. Yeah. We want Andre to look scary and dominant. I mean, he's just been dispatched at WrestleMania 3, so he's got to look like he's still as that's deadly right. as, as they come. Like, there is no bigger threat than Andre the Giant. Yeah, it was a H- fluke. Yeah, Hogan fended him off the one time, but it was a fluke because Andre will get H- with the belt from Hogan, even if there was some cheating. Yeah. So we don't start with Hogan Andre. I think you gotta build that tension. Yeah. I guess you have what you have Hogan all, you know, blisteringly hot to get Andre in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. And then Andre's just like cool as a bowl of punch. Yeah. He's on the apron, wave him off staring at him, no reaction, won't get in the ring, takes his time. (laughs) Now this isn't the same aggressive, mean heel Andre from, you know, Japan from nineteen eighty, because he was like would have been in there like beating up Hogan before the bell. But like this heel Heel on is a is a heel Andre, but not that like scary Andre. I've right. never seen it. It was really fun. So you know you have Patera will probably you know calm Hogan down and and get him out of the ring yeah. and start the match. That's right. But the spot that I want to uh, see it'll be Hogan gave to Patera in a match that we alluded to, if not covered the favor of, okay, you win the collar and elbows. Yeah. Hogan like is going to be like, all right, you're the stronger man. So I want Hogan to do for Hercules what he did for Patera. In other words, Hercules is going to push Hogan into the corners like Patera did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so let's say maybe Hogan starts with, with Hercules. Yeah. And he does the spot where Hercules throws Hogan back into the, into the corner and Hogan's, you know, yeah, (laughs) shocked. Goes in again and Hercules repeats the, you yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then Hogan just like looks at the crowd and kind of thinks, all right, we got to try something different, you know? Yeah. Because it's exactly what Hogan did for Patera. That's right. Yeah. Before Patera went to jail. Now, what I want is we get, when we get Patera in there. Yeah. Yeah. Patera does that to Hercules. That's they right. They when he throws Hercules. In, yeah, and yeah. he's shocked. Like, what? In other words, Hogan's the third strongest guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, we haven't even mentioned Andre. Exactly. Right? So it's not a... <laughs> he's, but the, he's the weakling. <laughs> exactly. So Hogan's not going to like that. And we'll say, don't worry, you haven't hooked up. Yes, yeah, right. Hulk will be the strongest of all <laughs> that's when <right>. you hook <laughs> up. Right? Yep, then... We- n-
3: when he puts the proverbial spinach in his mouth, and, that's uh, right, the
2: hoof face, yeah. and like so, that's gonna come later from a full Nelson. Then yeah, we'll yeah. see Hulk is the strongest of all. That's right. But right now he's the weakling. <laughs> he's the weakling. Okay, <laughs> so that's the spot I wanted. Like these collar and elbows <laughs> and these throws. Now Hercules can set a pace that Andre I don't may have never had. But I mean, we didn't really see a lot of you know drop kick Andre. Yeah,
3: I got to see. St- Touches, touches. Me,
2: I'm not, yeah, not me, not so much. Anyway, we'll be looking at a Patera versus Hercules match where Hercules is so fast. Yeah. He is lightning quick with his offense and he can just go hard and fast. Yeah. And, and so I want to see some of that real fast uh, Hercules and, and, and Patera selling, you know, for Hercules. Right. But in true traditional storytelling narrative form. Patera will ultimately prevail because he's our hero. He's our baby face. So he's going to get the advantage over Hercules. He is the stronger man as we got got over in that bit. You know, Hercules will use typical heel tactics like eye rakes to, uh, you know, take the momentum away from Patera. But eventually we want Hercules to, uh, before Hogan and Andre can mix it up, Andre and Patera got to mix it up. That's right, To build it, right. Yeah. So um, eventually, instead of breaking AI to take the advantage, Hercules will just bail out. Yeah. When Andre and Patera in there we can borrow spots from some of the matches we've seen, you know, which is like, say Patera will maybe try to stick an arm in and see if he can, you know, move Andre around, but Andre (laughs) just grabs the arm. And now Patera is like, you know, like when, when he's trying to, I don't know what he thought he was doing, trying to hip toss, you know, (laughs) Andre, but at one point he kind of, you know, puts his arm under Andre's armpit and and then, then his arm's stuck. (laughs) It's like, you did it to yourself. You know, like (laughs) what? Anyway, so and then that was like how Andre would control Patera. So, you know, now Andre has, Andre's owed some respect tonight. So he's not going to get beat up by Patera. Yeah. He's going to be basically, you know, immovable. And so Patera got to be stronger than Hogan. Yeah. But he's not stronger than Andre. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so he's like struggling to like, Andre is going to basically uh, dominate him by yeah. not getting off his feet. And, and like Patera's, you know, clubs and whatnot will, uh, they just, they won't have look, a huge not effect. Not like they have much effect, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I expect we're going to get like, Andre at one point will do the... Handful of hair, headbutt from behind (laughs) to Patera to really stagger him. Now, Patera's going to get Andre in the ring. This is how usually Patera gets the advantage. Right. Is Patera will be recovering in a corner and Andre will charge with (laughs) a shoulder and then Patera ducks. Yeah. And this was like Andre will take a knee and then, you know, Patera can turn around and start laying in elbows to the back of Andre's neck and head. Oh, yeah. In this case, Patera will get out yeah you know and and andre's own hasn't been hurt by Patera yet, so he turns around and he's still fresh you know yeah, he's right. only been toying with with Patera sort of like yeah, yeah. You, you know, and so Patera's got to basically swallow a bit of pride you know to to make Andre look so badass in this match yeah and and that's how we get finally you know Patera has been toyed with and thrown around head butted and <laughs> yep. and, uh, and then he just gets out of the ducks to tag in Hogan and now we have Wrestlemania 3 once again (laughs) Hogan gets in and just like you know the hair stands on the end as as, you know Andre turns around because he's like rubbing his shoulder Is like Patera's crawling and he'll just take his time to turn around (laughs) and face Hogan and then the chills will go up everybody's spine (laughs) as there's a stare down again you know it's not 93,000 but who cares we get to live we relive like arguably the most hyped up and exciting moment of, of professional wrestling so 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 weigh in
3: what are we use your imagination well yeah i mean i i'm thinking that like you said you got to protect andre a bit so you shouldn't really be leaving his feet much at all this match and with Patera, I didn't actually watch the Patera-Hercules match. I haven't seen the spots that are in it. And and I would say that Patera's changed his moveset a little bit from when, you know, back in the 84, 83 and all that stuff earlier. So it's hard to know what he's going to throw in there. But of course, yeah, I think you have to get... Like, I even like the idea of Hogan kind of coming into a bit of an advantage. Like you said, like, Andre's already a little bit stunned. And it kind of excuses the fact that maybe Hogan gets a minute or two of offense on him or something like that. I think you eventually have to get Hercules back in to be like to be the you know to no, take yeah, the spots. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah, got yeah. he's got to take the bumps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: Hercules will come back in because I wanted that full Nelson hulk up. Yeah. Break the full Nelson. Yeah. So that's coming later. Yeah. So right now, I guess we have Andre beat up on Hogan for a while.
3: Yeah, I, I or, or you or you, like I said, if you if you let Hogan come in when Andre's stunned, Hogan can actually do a couple of spots, which would give Andre an excuse to tag back out. And like I said, let Hercules be the guy to like do most of the bumps but also like you know well, let's yeah. they get the,
2: uh, uh, right I think that's uh, okay
3: I, lo- I, lo- I like I like Andre interfering from the outside like you know how sometimes they get t- if you get too close to Andre's corner he can just like swallow you from like, uh, from okay. the apron okay well in
2: that case then Hercules will interfere will will distract Hulk Hulk gets a yeah. few punches in Andre needs to beat up on Hogan for a bit before I mean like I'd, I like I want I don't want Hogan coming in and, and schooling Andre right away I yeah. want sort of like Andre hasn't really been You know, he's just, you know, cause like that dramatic moment I described and, you know, so you get the clash and sure Hogan can, he'll take some, some excitement and uh, the crowd wants to see it. So he'll, you know, get some huge pops and land some big right hands. You know, within a half a minute, though, maybe Hercules has got to swat at him. Yeah. And then Andre can, uh, you know, beat up on Hogan for a while. <laughs> a little choky-choky little headbutt. Yeah. <laughs> Choking and headbutting and... Uh, <laughs> Slapping. Yeah. And, uh, but I would like to see, because I think this would be exciting, at some point we should get somebody... Yeah. Execute kind of a finisher but there's a ref bump so they right. get they get the credit of like you had him down you had yeah, him for the yeah. three count but the ref was out of there we could have andre can do that to patera with yeah. with you know his sort of sumo earth his his or rather his earthquake chest squash yeah, that he, yeah, he yeah, pinned yeah. him with in Japan. Yeah, I don't
3: know if he could pull that move off anymore at this point in his career, but it wasn't that long ago he was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like and he could look around for the three count,
2: you yeah. know, and Patera's not kicking out, right? Yeah. So Patera's putting over Andre, yes, as right. he should. Yeah. I mean, even though Patera's on the way up right that's now right. with all the push, yeah. this is Andre the Giant. Yeah. So that is, you know, that would be a, another way to build Andre, to give him that, like, where's yeah. the ref? I, I I win the match that's over right. Patera. yeah among the i guess i don't know if you call that a false finish but anyway so that should be one of the spots i i, I think guess he was
3: still doing the elbow drop so yeah he probably could he could probably pull off a clumsy a clumsy sit down right well he's he g- doesn't squash tear for real i <laughs> did hunt
2: down how andre beats bill eady yeah yeah we talked about that yeah, yeah just simple elbow drop from andre yeah, yeah. that's a finish yeah, that's
3: a finisher <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they win the belt right yeah the, exactly uh, they call themselves a colossal connection yeah, that's right 1989 okay. boom yeah so I, I, I only watched it within the last, you know, whatever it was, a year or two ago. It was just because I was interested in... Yeah. Yeah, so you remember that conversation. So um, if if not his earthquake, then just an elf. But I, I, to protect Protara, I would like the earthquake because it looks really, when Andre yeah. sits on your chest, yeah, you know, yeah. crunch. But that's not necessarily the finish just to show how deadly andre is you know so patera could escape that also let's have fun this is like not airing on tv we don't have to protect anybody this is you know we haven't actually engaged in this mental exercise before so let's let's make more fun (laughs) spots so what else could we do and so we want hulk in a full nelson and like the you know the arm
3: down dangle yeah, yeah, yeah arm down second arm, dangle. You know be cool too if before they got to the full Nelson, they maybe did like a bear hug spot with like Hogan where they like passed him off, you know, like like Hercules has got him in a bear hug, and he tags an Andre, and Andre takes over the bear hug. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then yeah. he tags Hercules back in and sets him up for the full Nelson, you know, basically like, you know. Yeah. Like it's a double team
2: to get him to the full yeah, Nelson. Yeah, they like squeeze him down to the Yeah, to put that full Nelson in. I love it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Now what about the actual finish? Now I would have in like I was thinking for fun. I know it says that the faces win yeah on on the card so i
3: guess but i i was hoping
2: that uh they would lose, <laughs> I want them to lose.
3: well that, that could be option two fantasy but i mean like yeah i think the way to get out of this match it like just is sticking with the way it's booked at first would be just a pretty simple like we've started to set up and tease maybe these double team moves you figure out a weight in the match to have hercules and andre kind of do the same thing like two times in a row where Hercules is holding somebody, Andre clobbers him. And then on the third one, it, the, when you get to the finish here, you probably have to have a hot tag before all this happens anyways. But it would almost be how, you know, like the hot tag comes in, it looks like we're going home and then the bad guys get like one moment of like, one moment of back in there as soon as they take control again. That's when they go for like the the three-time double team and you have Andre clobber <laughs> Hercules because, you know, whichever, like Hercules has got Hogan in the full Nelson, you know, like you're talking about and like behind the ref's back. Andre's trying to give the big, the big clobber and Hogan breaks out and moves (laughs) and Andre clocks Hercules, but in to take care of Andre or whatever, or, or to, or to pin Hercules and And, and Hogan takes care of Andre, whichever way. Ah, the old heel on heel crime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's uh, the
2: old backfire. I like it. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Very good. Okay. How about the chain? We'll throw the chain in there maybe. (laughs) <laughs> like so yeah, Hercules yeah, yeah, yeah. has got he's holding Hogan and then Andre's got Andre's the chain, got the chain. Yeah. and he's gonna bat so he, cha- but,
3: he chains Hercules yes pun- he chain punches Hercules yeah oh wow and then like and then Hogan
2: pins Hercules as Patera runs interference yeah
3: okay I love it yeah fun there you go and I think in the order of the night they did it this that match actually took place before like that's the match and then the next match is the start of Sirens main event
2: <laughs> yeah well I would love to track that wouldn't that be that's the lost match you know yeah, especially thought like forward. Cause why did they yeah, deprive us of it was so exciting Hogan versus Andre. I think they andre. were smart
3: I think they wanted to save andre so. they wanted to build up they wanted to make it seem so special cuz on TV it seemed like a long time between WrestleMania 3 and the next time they actually fought
2: Yeah yeah which is um why I think I would have liked to have seen uh the actual match but maybe it was a bad match and you know maybe who knows why they you know maybe they just but then, probably not, because they they did all that commentary as though there it wasn't even on the card. Yeah. So I guess they had to know that they weren't airing it as they were talking about the other matches and right. shooting the show.
3: Yeah. All right. It's 1987, and we've got a lot left to go with WWF. There's so much coming up. So one thing we'll ask people is, like, if there's stuff coming up in the next, you know, few months of 87 you can think of something, especially if it's like a tiny bit obscure, but really awesome, or like drop us a line, send, send us like a note kind of thing. Cause sometimes it's, it's funny how we, we, we go looking for certain things and we find other things that we had no idea were even relevant or important. And, uh, so yeah, legendary wrestling obsession at gmail.com. Send us like, you know, those tips, those, uh, pointers as, as far as like other stuff we can add in. Cause it's, it's great to find like some of the best stuff is stuff you just, that doesn't get played over and over again it just somehow slips through the cracks but it's super either super funny or just like or it's actually relevant like
2: well i had never imagined half of the things that we've covered on this show ever occurred and it was fun i mean just these little hidden gems like that tag team tournament and i mean prime time what a show i just there's you know at least you've got it almost like they're in a way, there are no jobber matches on
3: prime time. it feels like,
2: basically. Yeah, I
3: mean, there's there are some lesser thans. You get your, like, C.V. Offey versus Steve Lombardi or something like that, where it's like, okay, that's not, that, that's kind of getting into the, the regular, that looks like some kind of match on, you know, superstars or whatever. But But for the most part, like, if there's six matches, four of them are usually what you would call big names at the time. Yeah. So it feels like
2: a $25 meal instead of a, you know, a cheap $9 <laughs> lunch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
3: all right. We're going to wrap this episode for this week. And next week we're coming back. So we didn't want to just jump straight to October of 87 and miss all the summer, you know, and spring goodness. Couldn't do it. So next show is just going to basically be a 1987 May-June show just looking at the, like the top stuff happening there i think we're going to see a lot of like debuting wrestlers we're going to see you know we are going to see some important stuff happening there's going to be some good matches we're kind of working our way to the second half of the summer where i think we're going to land somewhere where it's almost like one of those unknown super cards that happened and uh we'll I've got one lined up and if I can find a better one then we'll switch to that and we'll, we'll do that instead and that'll give us you know a good handle on all the stuff going on in the summer for 87 because it's so big and don't want to just jump to October and skip over all this good stuff so that's what's going to be next week May June 1987
2: yes and a special loophole time travel in that May
3: June back to 86 that's right <laughs> sometimes they record stuff in one year and they play it in another so it's played in 87 even though it happened in 86 But it's so juicy, we gotta go back. Okay, we're gonna see you next week. Take care.